What's happening, weirdos? This is the incredible Megan Stalter, who is hilarious. And I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed uh, this chat with her, which I did in quarantine. It was such a thrill. I can't wait for you to hear it. It is a holiday season, and I have lots of gift ideas for you guys if you want to support the show. For example, did you know that according to research, men have 20 to 50% more orgasms or morgasms as heterosexual women in partnered sexual encounters? 75% of women still experience painful sex at some point, and 80% experience painful menstrual cramps. It doesn't have to be this way. Enter Foria, one of our newest Pete's Picks. With all the talk of embodiment and sexuality, I'm so happy to have them on board. They are on a mission to close the pleasure gap. Foria was the first brand to create a comprehensive product line addressing the sexual and pleasure needs of women with CBD-enriched arousal oil, lubricant, and uh, suppositories, pardon me, to help alleviate women's issues related to painful sex, menstrual cramps, and even post-menopausal issues. It's 100% plant-based, like so many of the things we love on this show, with orga- it's organic, zero fragrances, no additives or synthetics, no chemicals in you or on you. Val and I first tried their uh, bestseller with thousands of glowing reviews from fans, Awaken Arousal Oil, after Nikki Glaser gave it to us on Not Safe. It was in the gift basket. And as a couple, we found it to be a game changer. It dropped us into our bodies. We felt connected and supported by these wonderful plant allies, these wonderful plant sex allies. Awaken is taking female pleasure to the next level, enhance arousal and access to orgasm, making great sex even better, ease discomfort and support, uh, giving you support for soothing pain during sex, which is so common. It's the best stuff we found with a commitment to clean ingredients, organic and regenerative farming, sex ed and responsible packaging. This is the real deal. And it's amazing. It's not some weird edible cinnamon lube you get at a rest stop sex shop. This is the real good stuff. Get into it. Foria is offering a special offer for uh, weirdos. 20% off and a, and, a, and a jollier, happier Christmas or Hanukkah or just ring in the new year with some, with some good sex. Go to foriawellness.com. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com slash weird. You got to do that slash weird for 20% off your order. Speaking of incredible, organic, wonderful, natural body and skin care, you guys know I am nuts for living libations. For so much of my life, I've been mindful of what I put in my body, but I wasn't being very careful about what I put on my body. Buying shaving cream and face washes that I thought were fancy because they had French names and you bought them in the mall for like 75 bucks. Uh, But obviously these things, these people don't care about us. They don't care about us. They're filled with chemicals linked to disease and toxicity levels never intended for humans. I want to eat food where I recognize the ingredients, and I realize I want my skincare to be the same. So enter Living Libations. Me personally, I use their Ginger Exfoliating Scrub, which is the most badass, effective exfoliating scrub I've ever found. I'd put it up against anything you'd find on any shelf anywhere. Just because it's made with plants and oils and extracts that I recognize doesn't mean it is not a kick-ass and pretty intense, honestly, in the good way, exfoliating scrub. And then I use Zen Shave. It's It's their shaving balm, which is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as aftershave. Try that with some anonymous neon blue goo shot out from a pressurized can. Yeah, I don't think so. 
but Zen Shave, it's two in one right there. And at night, I put on their best skin ever moisturizer, which smells great, feels great, and gets your skin looking great before bed. Again, without not so weird periodic table of elements nonsense in there, craziness. Whatever your skin needs, face, body, eyes, teeth, even baby stuff, we've got Lee on a whole slew of living libation stuff. I promise you, Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare they sell at 7-Eleven. And you can get 20% off, show your support of the show, and possibly get yourself some nice stocking stuffers or surprise gifts for loved ones. Go to livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD for 20% off. And, and, as I always say, show your support of the show. I feel bad for, for shitting on the periodic table of elements without which we wouldn't be here. But you know what I mean. When they mix them in funky ways into strange chemicals, you don't want that. Elements. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're also brought to us by our friends at Hello Bello. Boy, every day, Val and I give thanks to Hello Bello for delivering wonderful premium diapers to our door. If you anybody out there listening is a parent, I'm sure lots of you are, you know it's hard, and you know when you run out of diapers, it's even harder when your baby has a blowout, which is exactly what it sounds like, and it's as unpleasant as it sounds. Finding a diaper that is absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be hard, and remembering to buy diapers shouldn't even be on your mind. You got enough on your mind. So choosing what's best for your baby and what's best for your budget shouldn't always be a losing battle for your, bu- for your, for your bucks. Hello Bello is here to lighten the load on the bank account, all while keeping your baby comfy and dry. So get those diapers delivered automatically with Hello Bello, co-founded by our friends Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard, the hilarious and talented Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard. Hello Bello is built on the simple idea that babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. They even have bundles, which is what we do, where you get seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order with 20 different fun rotating designs, which might sound silly, but Lee, it's so much easier to put her in a diaper that she's excited about getting on. I don't know. You'd have to ask her why. Just head to HelloBello, H-E-L-L-O-B-E-L-L-O dot com slash weird to build your bundle, and HelloBello will send you diapers on a cadence that works for you. Plus, the shipping is free. Cancel any time. No gotchas. They're super soft, super absorbent, super affordable. Right to your door. HelloBello. Go to HelloBello.com, H-E-L-L-O-B-E-L-L-O dot com slash weird, and you get 25% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowouts saved. That's HelloBello.com slash weird. Start bundling with 25% off your order, plus get 15% off any add-ons like vitamins or wipes, which I recommend. Don't forget, HelloBello.com slash weird. And finally, this is a sexy episode. We got Dame. Dame Products is a woman-founded company making toys for sex that close the pleasure gap. This is a wonderful co-pack with Foria. Get yourself some Dame. Developed and tested by real people with vulvas in Dame Labs. They're engineering to bring your solo and coupled play to new heights. I was so excited to get these guys on board. Sex toys shouldn't be a taboo. It shouldn't be something that we're like ashamed to talk about or feel weird talking about. And in our case, it's a wonderful thing in couple play. It doesn't just have to be a solo flight, although from what Val tells me, primo on the solo flights as well. <laughs> they are making the world a happier place, one vagina at a time. As we talk so much about relationships, 
the importance of embodiment, the importance of healthy sex. Let's not compromise on what's most important, our relationships. They should add value to our lives, especially in the bedroom. So why don't we think the same way about our sex toys? Dame Products is a woman-owned sex toy company making the next generation of vulva-tested, vulva-approved vibrators. Founded by a sex educator and an engineering whiz, Dame develops toys with the help of real humans and couples like you. They're closing the gap, that old pleasure gap, and helping sex be even better. We uh, have tried their uh, the Arc, the G-Spot vibrator, the Palm, which is a flexible vibrator that bends and fits your needs, sort of like a sexy, sexy Gumby. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days, so your satisfaction... And I mean the double meaning there. Your satisfaction is guaranteed, literally guaranteed. Their vibrators and accessories are made with medical grade silicone, smart design principles, and lots of love, earning glowing press from the New York Times, W Magazine, and many more. Whether you're a couple like us looking for an extra boost where it matters, or on a journey of self exploration, as so many of us are in these quarantine times, or looking for a great and surprising and wonderful, delightful gift idea, they will earn a spot on your nightstand, I'm sure of it. So, show your support of the show. Show your support of a healthy and exciting sex life. Get 15% off site-wide. All you got to do is go to dameproducts, D-A-M-E, products.com slash weird. 15% off site-wide. Show your support of the show. I know I say this every week, guys, but it means so much. Uh, if, even if you buy just a little something, try Pete's Pick, show the support, and I promise you, I only endorse things that we actually love and use. So get into it. It's a nice way to say thanks. I'm so grateful for you guys for listening. And I'm so excited for you to hear this incredible chat with the incredible Megan Stalter. I'm saying incredible a lot, but she really is incredible. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. And I remember this one being kind of delightfully uh, lovely. I hope you agree. I get into it. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Megan. The darkest room. I always think it's going to be light and it's always so dark. Turn up your screen brightness. It's like a light right in your face. How do I? Okay. Let me see. Oh my God. The, 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 you're supposed to know this. You're young. What do you want on an Apple Macintosh? I'm literally so embarrassed because this house has no overhead lighting. Oh my (laughs) God. Every time I get in a Zoom. One time I did an audition on Zoom and it was almost pitch dark because it was like night. And I was like, uh, let me just plug in some lamps. It oh, so my God. Is that Wait, a, okay? But it looks like there's a light behind you on a tripod. Like right now, I feel like I'm looking at a. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's the most conspicuously placed like halo light. And you're I like, I just don't that. have a light. It's right there. <laughs> go get that. Okay, one second. Let me get, let no, you don't have to. I can see you fine. You don't think, are you sure? I can the see other, you perfectly. Okay. Because you know what, I I know how to turn the brightness up on my screen. Wait, yeah, how do I do that? Okay, I'm in system preferences. Don't system preference (laughs) on your keyboard. It is? Yeah, look at the top row of your keyboard. There's a little sun icon. There's a small one and a big one. Oh my God, I'm, this is is humiliating that I didn't know how to do we're recording. See, there you are. Now I can see you so much better. Wait, I could have done that the whole time. I you didn't need that halo light for $39.95. <laughs> I can totally see you now. That is so embarrassing. I, I didn't know. I mean, I feel great now. I, I've already gotten everything I need from this podcast because 
I feel like, isn't it the thing? Like when you go home, aren't you telling the the parents how to use technology? And I just feel like I told you how to do it. I know. I can't believe. I'm literally shocked that that's a feature. I'm humiliated. (laughs) I'm literally so embarrassed. (laughs) I was like, what? I was like, I never even looked at this thing. I don't understand. Who edits your videos? Other people? (laughs) So this is the thing is that I do it, but all on a different computer. This is a computer that my work sent me so (laughs) (laughs) so i don't really ever use it but it's like a really big nice computer not to brag because it's not mine anyway but (laughs) i use my old computer to do all my videos (laughs) it's like one of your videos it's that was like one of your videos it's like a big nice computer not that it's mine that is just like it's already happening what is what is your day job you have you have a um what is that who's giving you a computer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I only did the quotes because it's so it's such a it's a I do a voiceover on a cartoon, but it's so like I don't do it barely at all. But they send a lot of stuff. Oh, because <laughs> like a of lot. quarantine, right? Yeah, yeah. So they'll send like soundboards and like, and I'm only one voice on the show. I I do it every like once a week or every other week. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. No, I I, I know how that goes, but I I, <laughs> I, I just heard. Uh, they're sending out equipment now. And I, I think I've also heard that it's a little bit overkill, it's especially because you don't, you don't need top of the top. But I feel like these productions, I'm in a thing right now, Megan. I, I'm in quarantine and uh, to, to prep to shoot a movie. And oh, wow. I wonder how I could have abused this situation more. Meaning more, meaning I asked yeah. for an Apple TV. I feel like that's reasonable. <laughs> You yeah, they I mean? should give that to you. Did they? <laughs> oh yeah, they, they they've been so nice. <laughs> I'm not just saying that; it's super nice. And they got me an Apple TV. And uh, Megan, it's day uh, 13. <laughs> and yesterday, I called Val, and I was just like, uh, "Daddy's taking that Apple TV home. <laughs> like, there's, there's, you're keeping it. Yeah. So after like day six, I was like, "This is nice. Like, I'll, I'll give it to one of the crew, or I'll give it to a play or something." And I was like. I've earned this. I feel like I have a blood <laughs> bond with it now because I've spent so much time personalizing it and apps. And it knows what, are they, my- what do they do that's different? What is it? What I don't know if I... Apple TVs? Yeah, what is the... Do they do something um, crazy? We're going to get, get uh, te- filed as like a tech podcast now, which I don't mind. I love talking about this. <laughs> Apple TV, the only thing I like about it, this... Oh, God. Somebody hit me in the face if I'm boring is that it, it syncs with your iTunes. So if you own a movie on your iTunes, it'll Okay, be- this is not boring. Okay, yeah, way. that's good, right? So like, what's the difference between a Roku and an Apple TV? Is an Apple TV, a Roku can't sync to your iTunes. So if I buy, you know, uh, okay. the Brad Pitt movie, Babel. <laughs> Did you buy that? Oh, that movie's depressing <laughs> as fuck. Uh, but if I did, it yeah. would be on my TV and just waiting for me. It's also, oh, I didn't even okay. how you, I think it's how I subscribe to Apple TV. I don't know. It just showed up. It was just on there. Really? So if you buy an Apple TV, it's just like, here's Apple. It sinks into maybe, it. Maybe for a year, it just gives it to you. I don't know. Well, you're having so much fun. I am having fun, but I'm starting <laughs> to lose it. And I refuse to let you interview me. How? Not, not that this Wait, is an I, I forgot to ask. Are we already recording? Should I yeah. record? <laughs> no, you, you don't have to record. Okay, but, okay. But I was like, does, wait, no, I think we're already doing it. Okay. 
No, we gotta we gotta record, Megan. Let's get you back to your day of, of granola boxed granola bars. I just want to say, yeah, if people are listening, I appreciate the granola bars. I'm so happy for you. Look, I don't mean to be condescending, but like show business is hard. So this has nothing to do. It, it's not exclusively about your age, but I'm just like happy that you got a voiceover job. That's a sweet gig. I'm oh, happy when anybody you. does. Right? I was really, I'm really excited and I really love doing it. I, I don't, I don't, look at me t- backtracking. You can listen to all of that, but please know I, I'm looking no, at- I think I said nice things, right? I was like, it's a lot of stuff though. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's fine. That is... <laughs> That is a sensitivity level that I think will go away in six to ten months. I know I'm always so nervous. You don't I need to. I'll get a call. Hey, um, we heard you were like pissed about the granola bars. Oh my god, I've heard stories. I don't even want to share them with you, but they've haunted my whole career, where someone talks shit on like a little podcast about a job they have. And then that person won't be on the show the next year. And like the word around the campfire, as we yeah. say, will be uh, like, yeah, don't talk shit. Cause, and then they'll say the name of the executive producer. And they're like, they listen to what you do. And I'm like, holy shit. So I've always been. Oh, my God. You can talk to like, you could find the modern day Andy Kaufman, right? The most irreverent. Yeah. Or, or like the modern day Bill Hicks, like the most fuck off guys, right? Find out who's paying them. If you want to get them to break character. Yeah. Like like when I was the E-Trade baby, like get me to talk shit about E-Trade. I can't do it. Like you'll start to sweat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You get nervous. So find out who's paying them and then on the record, try to get them. Like, try to I don't, bring it up. I don't care how badass you are. Somebody's going to be like, well, I, can, you, can you take that out? <laughs> Please remove that. That's, that is the key to vulnerability, I think, right there is figure out yeah. who's paying them. So I anyway, think, what, what, oh, go ahead, Megan. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. We're so polite. I, I was going to say that one job that I can kind of make fun of because it works is um I do a lot of cameo. So like but they know oh, I kind of make really? fun because I really like doing it but I'll do like a uh, Megan for 25% you should make fun of them as much as Right? You. I think so too and they no, kind that of are into fee. it I think. That's the fee. That's <laughs> right. the fee. No, I mean like no. you're you're not you don't take 25%. You pay me 25% to openly shit on you. Yeah. I'm not going to do it if I can't. Like I'm not going to do cameo deal. if I can't make fun of it. That's like the it's deal. the whole thing. Like yeah. That's great for you. I mean, first of all, your voices are so funny. You're so funny. I, I, I'm alone. I, I don't have to keep hitting that. But like what I'm saying is like, it's sort of hard to get my attention these days mm. because I'm alone and I'm like sort of watching a lot of great stuff. So like if I throw on another video, it, it, I don't know, it's competing with a lot. Watching totally. A lot of TV. And I was laughing so hard. I found like a compilation, I think that you posted of a lot of your videos. And I just kept getting surprised either by like you wearing the um, soccer mom hat and saying, dress for the job you want. Like, I don't have, I don't have kids, but dress for the job you want, not the job you have. I was like, that's hilarious. I, I don't even want to ask if it was improvised. It appeared to be improvised. Um, but if it wasn't, it doesn't take anything away. I'm like, that's a great joke. But then anytime you covered your hair over your <laughs> fake girlfriend's face and you're like, let's, let's go in our home, let's go in our home or used a voice. 
every single time you used a voice, I, I guess I, I'm wondering if I'm supposed to be embarrassed that like voices and faces, but I like faces and voices. It's yeah. like it's a big part of what I do. And, I, and every time you did it, it made me laugh. I just wanted to say I'm that. literally in shock because I've I've been a fan of you for so long. I've loved everything you've ever done. So Is that right? Yeah, so I'm when so you happy. messaged me, I thought it was a fake account because <laughs> it didn't <laughs> show your bear. Like for a split second, it didn't show the like check for a second. Really? Like, yeah. So I was like, oh, I didn't even know you followed me. So then that's why I thought it was <laughs> I'm trying to think of how I how I was introduced to you. It must have been like let's let's take a break from the social dilemma just for a moment, just for a minute. Let's not. Talk, I don't know why I'm talking like Trump. Just for a minute, let's take a break. But um, there is something good about it, and they even touch on that. I don't know if you watched the social dilemma. But I watched like half, and I was. It's hard, scared. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, hard. well, the, I can't not be online. Like, so they, I was turned it they, off. <laughs> they sort of address that. I feel like okay. there's an allowance. Like I'm the same way. Uh, Let's get to, I actually wrote down social media. We'll talk about that. But I do want to just say that the, the good side of it is that I'm sure it was on Twitter. I'm sure it was a retweeter or, or, or some sort of sharing of a video that, that made me um, discover you and, the, and then, and then follow you. So what do we, like, what do you do with that? Like, I, I can't fully yeah. extricate myself from social media because like the number of times I've gone on now, I just do it on my computer. That's sort of my, um, allowance or whatever but like I go on and I see somebody that I've thought about or wanted to book or whatever and it's and 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 that's how I sort of got out there too not not as much as as the kids I'm talking a lot (laughs) what oh you're so right like right I I wouldn't have anything I don't think right now with a comedy if it wasn't for online like that's how my manager found me that's how I've like befriended people that I was on their shows like yeah, right. I, I feel like we have to be online. It's like the new comedy festival or something. And, and you know what? It's absolutely. It's yeah. the lo- it's the lobby at Montreal. Have you done? Did you ever do Montreal or anything like that? This year was the first time I was en- had anything to do with Just for Laughs, and it was a Zoom show <laughs> interview <laughs> that was four minutes long. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it was like literally like I was taught, and they're like, "Okay, we gotta get to the next person." Like, yeah, it was really crazy. But it was still like, you know, because we're, push- we're all though. pushed for time these days. I'll make <laughs> like, fun of it. Like, we could do a little yeah. bit longer interview, yeah. I think. <laughs> the only thing worse than doing a four minute interview is when a four minute interview is the only thing you do that day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. And you're like getting yeah. ready. And you're like, wait, okay, what am I doing? That is the feeling of starting in comedy. I, I remember I, I was on the variety. I don't know if they still do it, but they have the comics to watch. That's what it was. Is that what it was? That's what it was. Yeah. Well, well it's it funny. Was, that, um, yeah. Wait, they still do that. Maybe it was some, yeah, I think it was like variety 10 or whatever. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I forget what it was called. It makes me happy that you forget. It would be weird if you were like, well, it's, been, it's, you're still talking about like an award speech. It's an honor to be nominated for. Right, like, like, who wants to listen to me yes, say that? Anyway? You don't need to overthink these things. But I remember that Montreal is such a strange uh, experience because, on one hand, I know you had an even stranger one because <laughs> it was over Zoom. But like, you go and it's just so much, it's so much to do about what might actually boil down to 
20 minutes of, or, of your day. Yeah. So you're on that panel, right? So you're like, I'm going to Montreal. And then it's like, <laughs> that's the thing. And then you get there and it's like, sort of like a, a live chat, just like what you did. And then yeah. you have 12 hours to kill. And you're like, if you didn't like know people, book shows or, or get on shows somehow, like it's a very, it can be very lonely. And that to me yeah. is a very good allegory for show business is it's like it always, and I'm going to put this back to you, but it always comes to you. You have to take care of your inner world. You have to take care of yourself. You have mm. to kind of believe in yourself. Cause if you're like, I'm going to Montreal, everyone's going to kiss my ass. It's like, nope, they're going to talk to you for 45 minutes. And then you're going to be like eating celery in your hotel room. Just wondering, just waiting for someone to tell you that you're okay. Mm-hmm. So you hear what is that like? I, not the beginning, forgive me, but you know what I'm saying. You're in your first 10 years. Yeah. How, how do you deal with self-appreciation, believing in yourself? Because your comedy has a real confidence to it, but I wonder, <laughs> it really does. I, I hope you know that. But um, how, do you, how are you managing this very strange career choice? So I've always been really delusional about how successful I'll be. I was so from the start was well, like people I'm the can't tell funniest. that I was laughing so hard, but it was like a silent <laughs> laugh. <laughs> I just want you to know I couldn't for what it's worth, I couldn't be more delusional that answer. Self-delusion, the right amount is just you have so to. helpful. It's oh my god. So helpful. Okay, you go, have go, go. To. No, you have to, right? Like you have to be like not saying you're better, but just being like, oh, I am gonna like be in shows and movies. Like I am yeah. gonna like <laughs> and I've always been like, I don't want to be famous, but I'm going to. <laughs> like, oh I'm not even getting like god. even when I was really bad in the beginning, I would go to open mics and be like, they just don't get it, but I'm I'm special. <laughs> I am fascinated. Okay, a couple things. I'll tell you what I told myself to feel better yeah. about that because I have the same thing. I remember going to the movies in high school and, and just going like, I don't know how, but I'm going to figure out yeah. how to get up there. The screen seems so big. When I was a kid, TVs were, you know, pizza box size. And you'd go to the movies and it was like a big difference. And I was like, yeah. I'd see... Matt Damon's gigantic head. And I'm like, I'm going to get my head that gigantic. <laughs> Double meaning intended. But like Martin Short, um, when he was a kid, uh, used to fantasize about being in show business. Mm-hmm. And he had like a rich imagination life where he, he said this on a talk show where he was like, he would turn down imaginary movies or no, he'd turned down imaginary TV shows because they were conflicting with his imaginary film. <gasps> so he was so believing that he had that like comedic delusion. Yeah. When did it start for you? If I can lead you a little bit. For me, I had a mom that just thought I was the greatest and just <laughs> absolutely yeah. still thinks I can do anything in the world. And I had a father who I wouldn't call withholding, but he was enough of a challenge that I developed talent. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom loved everything, and dad was just a little <laughs> bit harder to crack and seemed to be like leaning more towards my older brother. And they both like sports, and they all like that. So I'd, I'd walk in the living room, like, hello, my baby. That was the combination that That's I a think good combo, I think, for it is a star. The, I feel the overloving mother and the withholding father yeah. is a classic combo. So I, it, we don't that doesn't have to be your answer. In fact, I, I say it, the same thing. 
I wouldn't be surprised, Megan, but like, I know, Julia. What, what is an early memory of you as a, as a kid being like, I know comedy is a thing and it's my thing. Yeah. So there's a lot. Um, first of all, <laughs> every night when I would go to sleep, I would imagine I was on true Hollywood stories. Oh Which is like God. when people I, die, right? Like that's like you're a star, and then you're, and then the usually the person is passed away. Oh my God! I you imagine see, what they and would he say softened about me. It with passed, <laughs> and they had di- they passed. <laughs> passed, right? Isn't that show like I haven't seen it in so long? But that's what the show is like. They're talking about someone who's passed away. Yes, yes, yes. I <laughs> like I passed. I like passed. I was just noting it. I died and passed and yes. in a peaceful, well, yeah. So Hopefully in a peaceful manner. Peaceful we, can't, we can't We can't. know. We can't know. <laughs> we can't know. We can't know um, for sure. But so you didn't care about, you overlooked the morbidity to be like, this is what my yes. life will yeah. add up to. To be like people, or that just is the thing. And then. Yeah, I would make movies all the time with my cousins. I would. Um, How are you shooting in, these movies? A big camcorder. VHS? We always had one. Yeah, we always had one. Me and too. My parents. <laughs> my parents joined a bank, and there were three tiers of amount of money you could put in your savings bank. And the first tier, let's say it was like a weekend in Cape Cod. The second tier was a <laughs> Sylvania VHS camcorder, oh my and I gosh, begged yes. them to invest and they oh. did which is dumb because we could have just gone and bought a camcorder for way less we don't have to freeze up your finances <laughs> i know i was like i think we bought one from the store like we did not have a lot of money at all but we, not, i don't, I don't know, know why we had one <laughs> i don't know maybe i mean this must be the 90s right yes so maybe so, they got a little yeah they had leveled off I, this this was the 80s for me so it's like I okay think you had to like it was like Hugh Hefner had a camcorder like an, an oh okay that, they were more no accessible one, no they <laughs> the were 90s. less accessible they were oh in and the then 90s. more in the nineties yeah. The 90s, yeah but so you and I were doing the same thing tell, yeah. tell me about that don't go don't go too fast over the videos that you were shooting that's okay. <laughs> yeah I was really so my mom and my aunt would make they would always make every time we hung out like um. Um, a little commercial and they'd be laughing for hours but it was always the same premise it was always for like diarrhea medicine and that was like so funny to them like i don't know stop telling the story <laughs> as if you're gonna move on to point b point a my mom and my aunt were also making comedy oh, yeah i can't believe i didn't mention that first yeah i don't think i've ever comedy, talked about that everything they made a dire <laughs> like an emodium or a pepto-bismol oh every time they filmed it was the same joke and they would laugh all night like so we had um and they'd watch it back and they'd watch it back and we'd get the camera after them they got it first. <laughs> yeah, they got okay. it first. I don't feel like you're going to forget telling me the timeline of your story. What is going on with your mom? She loves comedy. She likes being silly, Billy. She's so funny. She's a nurse. And um, yeah, she's not, she's not like, she's Oh my really God. Funny. Imagine having diarrhea and your mom is the nurse. <laughs> like you come she in and just you just can't so stop diarrhea. <laughs> and it's your mom <laughs> laughing in your diarrhea face. 
it's so crazy because she didn't even want us to like she wouldn't want us to even say the word fart like I'm whispering it now like I don't even like that word because of her but yet we would watch her every Friday make a commercial about it like oh truly. my god <laughs> that's one of the great gifts of comedy isn't it because you mm-hmm. see who they really are yeah if you could make my dad or my mom laugh which I figured out how to do they would laugh at stuff that they had forbidden which yes, was so yeah. which was so fun you're like aha I knew you were just some lady right right yeah in the good in the good way I knew totally. you were a human like me and you <laughs> think farting is very funny it's very funny same so with my videos now like she'll watch them and even though there's me cursing what she hates or like sex stuff she'll always just text like oh my god your new video is so funny but then in real life if I were to curse or something she'd be like yeah, Megan, stop. If I say piss, she'll be like, ah, why do you have I to do that? I <laughs> am freaking out. To this day, my mom, we'll get to religion later, but my mom, I'll tell her I'm writing something and she just goes, no blasphemy. <laughs> just like, Wait, what did you say? No blasphemy. She doesn't want oh, me to use the oh, Lord's name. Oh, yes, yes. And like, forgive me, like, I'm, well, I don't know how I am on the blasphemeter. I, I, I think I blaspheme a decent amount. I definitely grew up not doing it. But when you start writing and you're trying to write like the music of dialogue, like, God damn it is, I just heard Aaron Sorkin talking about this. Like on TV, people always say, damn it. Yeah. Which which sucks. It's like on 24 Kiefer (laughs) Kiefer Sutherland, poor guy, (laughs) network TV. He's trying to stop a bomb from going off and destroying the United States. And he has to be like, damn it. And I'm like, that's not like god damn it like is is so much better right and jesus is so funny to communicate a certain level of exasperation yeah jesus dave is so much funnier (laughs) than come on dave but i want to relate even as i say them now there's there's something in my throat that tenses up that goes like you shouldn't be doing oh it's it's literally literally same because it is embodied in me that sometimes i'll say oh my God. And I'll say, I will literally say, oh, sorry for using God's name in vain. The whole oh, sentence. Wow. I, that's wow. wild. Cause I say everything Did, like, and I, I say, oh my God, all the time. I want to hit you. Can I hit you with a fun Bible fact? Yeah. I, I don't know if you know who you're talking to, but <laughs> the commandment don't use thy, uh, God's name in vain. I, I want King James for some reason. Um, actually meant don't swear on God, meaning I will give you my goats on on God's name. I will give you my goats, and then not do it. It, it means don't trivialize. Oh, that makes me feel it should. Yeah, it's just another one of those Western misinterpretations. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think the God of the Old Testament would be like, oh yeah, that's fine. But like <laughs> the, the commandment, meaning the top ten, it didn't mean. It meant you're giving our God, our religion our culture, our tribe, a very bad name when you say, I'll be there on Tuesday, I swear to yeah. God, and you don't show up, like that's using it in vain or testifying in vain. Under that makes the, so much more sense than being like, oh my God. Why would that expression. be on the top Why would that ten? be the, the top the t- ten? It wouldn't. You're going down to a group of heathens <laughs> dry humping under a golden calf and you're like, guys, we got to talk about your language. Stop it with the cacas and the poopoos, okay? Like this is chiseled in stone. It doesn't, I, I, again, I'm not trying to say 
it's probably I could see that that God also being like, could you not yell it when you stub your toe? Right, but it right, didn't yeah. make the top ten. It's not. It's it not makes so much sense. I don't even know why I've never thought about it like that. I've just been like, oh, we're not supposed to say it. Oh, sorry, well, you that's, know. That's how it was explained to ninety nine point nine percent. I mean, I had to go to Bible college to learn that. But um, keep going. Your mom said no parties. <laughs> They, but they would make these videos, make that, the videos that had to have an effect on you, right? I mean, like you're seeing it modeled that it's good to be funny with your friends and it's good to, to film it and share it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was, I've never, I don't remember a time where I didn't want to be on stage or in front of the camera. And I, I love uh, it. Yeah, I don't even remember not wanting to. And I think, I, I think, you know, my p- typical story parents going through a divorce, and we had our Fridays oh. with our cousin. I, I was like eight. I mean, not to rub it in, but anything past seven, you're sort of yeah. like, you're going to feel it. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm saying, like, here's another Bible fun fact it's Catholic. I'm not Catholic, but the reason why they start giving, um, children communion at seven is because that's when they're sort of like people it's like you you sort of and and psychologically that's where the wound happens yeah i'm not going to lecture you this whole time but it's where your (laughs) innocence i i I feel like you will love this that's why i'm (laughs) giving myself a pass but like that's where the wound happens something has broken the the innocence i don't mean it doesn't have to be no yeah but it can be something like a divorce it can be just something as as innocuous as being teased or just learning that the world isn't always um, nice. bright and fluffy. It's yeah. not always nice. So that's why they're like, okay, seven. That's it, It's also a, a psychology thing. But Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Isn't that interesting? So you were yeah. in that window. You were, you were yeah. old enough. To know and to be like, oh, this happening. sucks. And then Fridays we're like filming and it feels amazing. <laughs> we're filming. Yeah. <laughs> Friday we're filming. We're filming on Friday nights. We'd hang out every Friday with these cousins and they'd come over and we'd like usually bake something, wait for our moms to <laughs> make a video. And then we would get oh. to do like full sketch shows. <laughs> or like a talk show where we do like singing. Or So your mom is going through a divorce and she doesn't hit pause on the diarrhea videos. Like she, that was a comfort for her. That was, I think, a comfort for her. So we this is really important. Yeah. It yeah. mattered. Like, she needed it. Like, in the same way that, look, I'm going to project onto you, but, like, my parents didn't get divorced. But I, I used to joke, they didn't get divorced, unfortunately. That, that they, <laughs> I would say this if they were in the room. I love them. I'm glad right. they're together. But, like, they didn't get along. They yeah. would agree with us. So like that was my thing too. It's like this, I can't control this world. You're telling me there's a world we can script and rehearse and edit and then watch again and laugh at it, which means we agree what what the thing is about. The meaning of it is clear. That was the opposite of my life. Can you tell me what you think about that? No, yeah, that like truly blows my mind because I've never thought about like that. I've just been like, I was born to act and that's what I (laughs) like to do. But it's like, yeah, I, it was something, it was addicting. And then like when we had talent, there was this one time we had a talent show at school and I went to Catholic elementary school, even though we're not Catholic. Um, but we're Christian, but we're not, we weren't Catholic. And there was a talent show and I cried so hard the day before auditions because I didn't have anything prepared. And my mom oh my like God. drove me to my friend's house. We made up a horrible dance and everyone got in, but like it was, 
I, everyone gets in the talent show, but like, I just was, was like, I have to be on stage. Like, I can't let a talent show happen and me not be there. Like I, it was. So <laughs> did you have any other forays? Cause for me, I had the same exact feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked about this before. Um, Phoebe Bridgers said it first last time and I agreed with her, but like, I, I couldn't go to a play without thinking like they're going to ask me on stage. Yes. Right. You had that, you had that <laughs> yes. right. Like yeah. they're definitely going to say, is there a little girl who would like to be in the play? <laughs> or if and they didn't, I'd be like horrified. Like, I can't believe I have to watch this and I'm not in it. It was that. And you know what? So I don't know about you. It kind of doesn't go away. Like I'm sort yeah. of like, I think I might get called into this show before I was, <laughs> you know, on TV or whatever, I was still sort of like, probably going to notice a twinkle in my eye. But I tried first with like music and stuff. Like there were other ways to getting on stage or did you go straight to comedy? Like I'd I'd go like, I'll sign up for the piano rehearsal or recital. Um, But you went straight to comedy. Well, there is also a poetry contest every year in our... And the funny thing is, is I, it was basically, you weren't writing poetry. You were performing the poem. You would choose a poem. You'd have to go through rounds. I won every single year except for one. And there's a video of me. There's only a video of me not winning. There's never a video of me winning. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom taped over those with the Modi AD commercials. Exactly. Truly probably did. And the winner uh, is (laughs) Megan. You ever have the chocolate squirts? Every time. There's so many videos of it, I'm sure, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, it's the saddest video. It was the worst day of my life. Up to, until that point, of course, there's losing. Uh, obviously, yeah, obviously, worst days now. But okay, yeah. that's, so that's here's. I wonder if you've. It seems like you have maybe figured out. It took me like forty. I'm forty one, so let's say it was thirty eight years to really come to terms with. Wait, I'm competitive. Like I always thought, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, I, I just want everyone yeah. to get along. I used to have a joke, which was true. When I played basketball, I didn't count points. I counted friends I had made. But yeah, like, I still, if there was another motherfucker on that court making more <laughs> friends and being funnier, that was my basketball. Yeah, I was like, I, yeah. have to, I have to crush this guy. Like I have to somehow. Right. Uh, so you, you want to win and you want to be in the spotlight. Like it's so weird because I feel like with comedy, I think it'll make me sick. And like, I think probably at that point and growing up in theater and stuff, I probably was, but I think as an adult, I'm so, it's so overwhelming to compare ourselves to other comedians. And it makes me sick if it does happen that I really, really try not. And I'm also like, Oh, I feel like everyone's doing different stuff. Now, when you get someone that is copying your stuff, it's really, really hard. And it feels like you, then I have that feeling that's like, Oh my God, is someone like copying me and doing it? But like I, in my head, I'm like, well, they're not doing it better. They're copying you. But like, if you see someone like get a lot of traction from something you feel like you did, it's really hard. It makes me feel sick. (laughs) Has that happened? There is somebody just maybe a week ago that was doing my videos shot for shot in a different country. And it was like, yeah, it was all in Spanish but it was like shot for shot. It was literally, and um, somebody that I'm flirting with commented one time and said, is this a Megan Salter parody? And they deleted every video that was copied. <laughs> oh, yeah. My <laughs> it was crazy. God. They were doing my Instagram lives. There was like, um, like promo for Instagram lives that I already did and they were doing them. 
And the, but I also felt bad. I didn't feel competitive with this certain person. I felt more like creeped out a little bit and like freaked out. Yeah, really I understand. Strange. I don't know. This is how my brain works. First, I go, isn't TikTok just like, you know, mm. sanctioned copying? Yeah. I, I sort of worry. I don't worry. But now that we're talking about it, I could find worry that like, because <laughs> my, my, one of my uh, good friends, the Gungers, they have a nine-year-old and she's on TikTok and she showed me a video and I was like, and, I, and she's very funny. Yeah. I've actually written her for her birthday. I wrote her five minutes of standup, oh. uh, which was really fun. And she memorized it. And, and uh, like a true standup, she won't perform it at parties. And I was like, good for you. That means you're one of us. <laughs> right, like, right. I, I can appreciate wanting to ham it up and, and be free. But if somebody's like, do your routine and you're like, no, I'm like, you might have a future in standup. Yeah, like, that's totally. A- Isn't that the worst when someone does that? Like a family member? Oh, I, uh, yeah, I really stood to her as, as quietly and as meekly as I could. Meekly, I'll use Christian words, uh, as I could. I was like, you, you do not have to do it. I, I sort of was like, absolutely not. But she showed me, certainly not for me. I've, I've heard the jokes already. Um, but she showed me a TikTok and I was like, what the fuck is going on with this? Like, it was one of those things that was it was really really funny is what i mean yeah it had like these abrupt cuts like it's very modern sort of um comedy like viral comedy meaning there's like hard sudden cuts yeah it it ends abruptly but it was really (laughs) really funny and i was like how did you you made this and she's like yeah and then you know i think one of her parents explained that she's lip syncing to someone else's video and i I think my privates went inside my body. I was just like, it's I can't. so weird. I can't believe that's what we're learning is that it's like, yeah, just do someone else's thing. Like, it's what? a huge thing on there. Like, I ha- and I and I knew that when I got on TikTok. <laughs> I'm not good at TikTok, but I yeah. will post sometimes. And um, it, I was like, I know people use each other's sounds, but then when someone did it to like a video <laughs> that I really loved. And then people in the comments are like, this is so funny. It's like, it did feel weird. Of yours. Yeah. Because it does look yours. like hers. Like, it does look like this person's. It's like, Isn't I worked it? so hard on that video. Oh, But I get course. it on TikTok. I get they do that. But it's really strange. But you know, I know you know, because I love the editing in your videos. It sounds like you're at least involved. <laughs> you're not doing the cheap. It can be cheap sometimes. I'm, you are yeah. not. That's, But it can be cheap because... <laughs> I'm looking at things and there's so many cuts that it gives the illusion of charisma. <laughs> you know what I mean? It gives, right. the illusion, yeah. gives the illusion of talent and timing is because you're cutting it because <laughs> you shot a 45 minute one take thing for a seven minute <laughs> right, video. Let's see the raw footage. Uh, yeah. Show me the raw footage. Cause guess what? It, when you audition at 30 rock, it's going to mm, be live. You know yeah. what I mean? You can't yeah. just go like, and then we jump cut and I have the cake. <laughs> I have the cake. And it's on my eye, and I go, I cake. But, but it cuts out a K in cake. And it's and funny because so it zooms in. Yeah, you're like, it zooms exactly. in, and that's why it's funny. And you're like, yes. yeah, yeah, totally. Let us worry about what's, what's yeah, funny, I suppose. But, like, um, I don't know where I was going with that. It, it, oh, I was saying that your videos are very good at knowing when to play it out. Like, sometimes... Thanks. There's just like a vulnerability to them, right? Meaning your characters, this is my summation. I haven't seen all your work, but there's like a vulnerability. There's something sad about them. In yes, the same way yeah. <laughs> that Christopher Guest characters sort of have a sadness to them. But they're like it, smiling, but everything's horrible. Yeah. That's exactly right. So you have a dead husband who's buried in the bushes. <laughs> yeah. 
but you let it play out. And there's, that's actually a good example. I felt I could be totally wrong, but I'm like, you say my husband is dead. I'm like, she's clearly improvising. (laughs) Um, He's actually buried over there in the bushes. I feel like the TikTok generation is, or, or, or the mechanism is teaching us like, well, I don't know if that works. Does that betray the reality of this? He's buried in the bushes. But then you say, don't film over there. <laughs> he doesn't like to be on camera. And you sort of wink. <laughs> and it's so funny. But Thank if we you. were just going like, <clears throat> cut, cut, cut. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if we weren't staying in the tension and staying in the moment that live theater, live improv, live standup teaches you, you're not going to earn that moment because you're going you're gonna to be editing it in your head instead of living yeah. in that moment. What, what does that make you think? No, totally. I, I think because I think the thing I really think is funny is when a character feels like real, even if they're saying something crazy. And I think you do have to kind of improvise to get that. Like yeah. I, you could write down funny stuff, but like, like I wrote down some stuff for that, but that kind of stuff that you just said was all improvised, you know, yeah. like the beginning, you know, some of the lines were there, but. Um, yeah, I think it's like, that's what you get when you improvise with whatever you write. And I think the funniest thing is like the awkward silent moments, like even in stand up, when I'm on stage, I love when everyone's dead silent, like trying to figure out if I'm being serious or not. Like that's so funny. That's right. And, and when I watch you doing stand up, I see you playing with that tension too. Meaning if someone yells out, you'll start over or you'll, (laughs) or you'll say like you ruined it. So you start to get the message that the joke is what's happening. It's not just what she's saying. Yeah, So totally. I think what's happening with jump cuts is it's training the viewer to wait for something good, like something good. They're going to condense this so I just see the good parts. But when you include the quote-unquote not good parts, those can become the good parts. But only yes. if you if you learn the subtlety, the, something subtle about comedy. Of like why it's so funny. Yeah. 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 Yeah, when I leave this stuff in, people will comment. Like they, I feel like when I do, sometimes the videos that do better and are funnier to me are the ones that are a little like more awkward and long, like longer. And yeah. the like cuts are like, oh, we get she's joking. And then like when I post something that's like improvised, then people are like, we can't tell if she's serious. But then the people that like it really like it. And that's right. more important to me. I think you need those you need the right amount. Going back to Andy Kaufman, I think you need the right amount, the right amount. I actually, (laughs) he can bother me a little bit, not bother me, but like, it's not exactly my taste, the degree to which he wanted to alienate. Yeah. I always want to feel connected to them. Like, even if they're like, we can't really tell, but we like it or like, yeah. That's right. That's right. But even I was watching that video where you're you're bleeding from the mouth and, and, (laughs) and you do a one woman improv scene. It's, it's just so, so funny. Again, (laughs) the point isn't what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. And I would actually say that's a pretty good um, demarcation of talent. You know, it's not, it's not just delivering like a really good joke. It's like something weird is happening. But the reason I'm saying this is if you look in the crowd and I was glad that the crowd was included in this (laughs) shot, yeah, there, it was only one guy, but there, I'm like, there's one guy that just doesn't seem to know what the fuck is, go- <laughs> is happening. <laughs> he doesn't know what the, f- and he's pretty in the shot, <laughs> and he's he's got to be fifty something. I, I, you know, it was comedians you should know. So I think that shows in New York, right? Yeah, no, uh, in Chicago. 
It's in Chicago. Yeah. So he's a good sport. He's not like yeah. a sourpuss. The crowd is really good. But like you can tell, again, I think we're having a conversation about tension. Yeah. Cutting things to be perfect and snappy removes the tension, you know, and that, this is why cooking shows, you know, we're, we're, we're going to cut and, and, and the, and the goose <laughs> is coming out of the oven. But like the tension is when a very bubbly, sparkly, popping personality has to wait 45 yeah. minutes for the goose to cook. <laughs> right. like, that's what a joke is, in, <laughs> seems in your world. I'm saying also in my world, but like that seems to be what you're leaning into. Yeah, totally. I I think also like I know I've had a lot of friends be like the f- best part of watching you is watching people watch you because like they get it or there there's a couple of people that don't but then the people that get it, it they're in on the joke. You know, they, right. it's funny to right. them. Yeah. Also I got in trouble for that show. The but the <laughs> comedian what? you should know show. because okay, so everybody in Chicago wants to get on that show and and they do have women on the show but not a lot. And it's mo- it's a lot of men on the show. And um, I was like, oh, I finally get on the show. I'm going to do a joke where I have a bunch of women and I'm like, oh, I brought my own lineup, right? <laughs> and um, <laughs> Well, you don't mean the show that I watched. You mean the show Comedians You Should Know. Comedians You Should Know. Yeah, I think that's from the clip, though, because I, I do have the blood on. It could, I don't think, um, you know, yeah, I think it's from the same show, but it might have, okay. I think the longer clip is somewhere else. But um, okay. I do the blood bit that you saw. And then I'm like, oh, a lot of shows don't have a lot of women. I brought my own all-female lineup and I like oh brought God. them up and they all did the same cum joke like it and <laughs> it was like this big prank but I didn't think I wasn't being mean I wasn't saying just because of them I a lot of shows you know when I a lot of shows were really male dominated and I thought it'd be funny <laughs> to like sort of and um when I got yeah. there they heard I was gonna do it and they came up and they were like, I don't know what you're planning tonight. <laughs> they were like, oh, my please God, don't do it. please just do your normal set. And I was like, I'm not making fun of your show. I'm just doing a like commentary, like at the end of my set. It's going to be really silly. They're all going to do the same cum joke. <laughs> I never yeah. got booked on the that, show again. No, <laughs> I love that your concession to the boys. You were like, it's a joke about cum. I mean, <laughs> that seems to be your, what you guys like. So we'll you guys do like it. Jokes. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Oh my God. You know what that makes me think of is there, I think it was um, Dwayne Kennedy, a great Chicago comedian or no, it was Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg did a joke on Letterman. Uh, I was just thinking about Mitch Hedberg last night because I didn't (laughs) want to brush my teeth and I laughed because he has that joke where he goes, people tell me, you don't know how hard it is to stop smoking. I say, yes, I do. I know how hard it is to start (laughs) flossing. And I was like, that is, is perfection that is true it's a perfect joke yeah and what i what i love about it is it bends your brain you can know things through the opposite you can know what stopping is like by knowing starting i love yeah you know what i mean there's like a little paradox there it's like the feeling of trying (laughs) to start something is the same as the feeling of trying to stop something it's just in the other direction but it's the same feeling in your body and i was like hard that is a very, <laughs> it, it illuminates something in my inner world. And if you can help me understand my inner world and I'm laughing, I mean, I love it. But he did a Letterman set and he um, made some joke. This wasn't it, but he was like, you know, they don't have a lot of um, comedians on this show. Um, so, 
you know, I'm, I just thought it would be good to have two comedians. So ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> Brian Snaphead, but it was a real name. Brian Snaphead was a real person, let's say. He was joking, of course. But after the show, I heard that Letterman wasn't sure if he should be upset. So I don't know if he was upset, but he was like, are you making fun of the fact, like same sort of thing? they don't have, yeah. Like you're saying we don't have enough comedians or you're saying, maybe he said a woman's name, maybe he said a a person of color's name, whatever it might've been. But like, it was the same sort of misinterpretation where it's like, we invite Mm, you in our house and you're gonna, which is sort of, I mean, what comedy is about is is, making fun of things. And and that's the thing. Everything I do is making fun of myself. But then if people think it's them, I don't ever want to make fun of someone else. Everyone's really sensitive. (laughs) And I don't want to be made fun of by someone else. (laughs) I only want to be made fun of by myself. (laughs) Right. No, like I get it. (laughs) It's not that I can't understand. I'm sure when I had my talk show or, or if it was the podcast, if somebody made a joke about the booking policies of, our yeah, show, I would absolutely have been like, "What the fuck is, is going on?" on? Me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah, too. Yeah. I would have too. I was being like a brat, and I. Uh, but then they were worse because there was this man on the show that would like go on podcasts and be like, "I would have." cut her fucking mic if i was there he's like i can't believe she did that to my show but i was so innocent if you saw the clip it was oh really silly God. but i get it because if someone did that to my show i would be like wait are they saying something about my booking i guess yeah you know what okay so byron katie alert i love byron katie uh she's a spiritual teacher and she says this really great thing about criticism she's like if somebody makes fun of you or criticizes you she doesn't say makes fun but if somebody criticizes you they're mad at you Mm. And they say, like, you're a bad mom. She's like, instead of letting your reactive systems just be upset or defensive, can you actually be quiet? She's like, you'll always find that they're right. Yeah. So, like, your show probably doesn't book enough women. The reason I can say that is because no show seems to book enough women. Right, yeah. I I understand that. I struggle with that on this podcast. If If I had my way, there would be more women... It's it's also not the easiest thing in the world to always find yeah. people that I want to whatever that 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 sounds like I'm putting down women. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how those both can be true. I wish there would be more women, and uh, and there aren't as many women as they want. Let's just say this: I'll work on it. So to my point, <laughs> if somebody says yeah. you don't have enough women on your podcast, can I go inside and go? You're right. Like that's true. Yeah. Or you're selfish or you're a narcissist. Instead of going like, fuck off, man, you're a narcissist. Go like, yeah, yeah, I can find that. I can find that. I mean, if we could do that as a species, we'd all be a lot better off instead of like having to hit it back like a tennis ball mm. and be like, yeah, well, you're an alcoholic. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. right. How does that help? Byron Katie is like, it's an opportunity to be like, look, my, my skin goes flush if someone says you don't have enough this, this, or this. I get upset, but I'm trying to go like, wait, the reason I'm upset is because they're right. So if someone's saying I should cut their mic, it's like, yeah, because <laughs> it bothered you. And, and it yeah. probably bothered you because somewhere in there, you can at least see her perspective. You can see where she's coming from. Yeah, because it speaks to them being like, does, does she think I'm bad or something? Right. That's it. Yeah. You, oh, wait, you think I'm bad. I'll, yeah. He's like, oh, she thinks I'm bad. Like, oh, I don't do enough, whatever. She's the asshole. Like, right. yeah. And it, it, I think it actually goes back to sometimes our parents and our self-love. It's just like, my mom says I'm very good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you're calling my mom a liar? 
My mom came to our show and she said, I loved the lady comedian. She said that to me. It's very personal, even though it it shouldn't be so personal. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, I'm just interested in anybody's perspective as a female in comedy. What, what has that been like? It sounds like it, it can be a little bit harder to get on a show. It can be a little bit harder to X, Y, Z. Yeah. I think that it was, um, I think at first in Chicago, it was like, yeah, it's a little hard sometimes to be like, it's a boys club, but I feel like it's also going away. I have a lot of, you know, I feel like I probably talk to more like female comedians than male. Like I, I feel like now I don't think it holds me back or anything being Mm -hmm. like a woman in comedy. I feel, but maybe I found (laughs) some sort of empowerment in it now as I'm older I think, yeah, I think especially, I mean, like starting improv in Dayton, Ohio, like every, no women were doing stand up. you know, I knew like one or two or so at the one club that's here. So like, it was like a a beards and beer club that also does improv on Tuesdays. Yeah, Yeah, I think it totally, it's crazy because I think the older I get or more, I'm like comedy I do, it gets, yeah, I just feel really privileged. Like, I feel really, I don't feel like I have it really as hard as other people. Like, I feel, you know, being a person of color. Like, I I just, I feel like I have so much privilege in being a white woman that I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? That's like, Mm -hmm. that, and I feel like I, yeah, I feel like it's not been hard, but it is hard being a woman in the world more so than a woman in comedy. If that makes sense. No, that's a great, (laughs) that's a great little pull quote. It's not being a woman in comedy. It's being a woman in the world. All my problems, all (laughs) the anxiety, stress, and all of the hardship is not in comedy. That's where I feel empowered and feel like I know what I'm doing and I feel like treated well. Well, it's really funny because comedy, what can make it difficult at the beginning Again, all I can do is relate to myself. That's that's what conversations <laughs> tend to be. <laughs> like growing up religious, right? Mm. And being clean and being sweet was... Uh, I, I still feel like this might not be what people think, but it was harder. It made it harder in some ways at the beginning. Mm. Yeah. Just go up and just you know, eat, eat balls because you're not, you, it's, it's still hard for me uh, if I'm going up after somebody who's really, really filthy, especially if I was doing a clean set. My, my comedy isn't yeah. as clean as it used to be, but if I was going up and I'm trying to get people to laugh about frozen peas or whatever, <laughs> it's like, it's really hard if the guy's closer was about whatever, fill in your filthy thing here. Yeah. So, but then like in the long run, being, um, I think of Kumail, who his first movie was all about, you know, arranged marriage and and his culture. Like the thing yeah. that harder in the long run is the thing is that so your uh, in your case your femaleness, your vulnerability, the the way that you like to look at broken things or whatever it might may be might be weirder at the beginning, and then later mm. it's like. I, it took me so long to figure out 
that the fact that I went to a Christian college and got married when I was 22 is not just the most interesting thing about me. <laughs> it may be the only interesting thing about me. You know what I mean? Because me and 15 goofy, tall white guys that are gregarious and, yeah. and getting laughs, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, people want to know what's your wound, what's what's your depth, yeah. and, and what sets you apart. So here's a question. After that <laughs> TED talk, that, that was a TEDx talk. Let's be honest. That did not make the main stage of TED. That was a TEDx. You can tell you're in my house. Um, when I watch your videos, I, I go, how does this woman know what's funny about being from Ohio? I'm not making fun of Ohio. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm from Lexington, Massachusetts. Lexington, Massachusetts is funny. But I didn't know. I yeah. Did, I didn't know to go, you know what's funny about Lexington, Massachusetts? Yeah. This and this and this. Let's make a video about it. Right. But I'm watching you and you, you do have an affection uh, for your home, I believe. I, it seems to come across. And you get, you're dialed into what's funny about it. I'm, before I go, I'm going to, one more example. I felt the same way about Lena Dunham. I was like, how does she know mm, yeah. what's funny about being 22 while she's 22. Yeah. I said the same thing to Pete Davidson. I was like, how do you know what's funny about high school while you're in high school? <laughs> right. it's, it's, and I told him that. I was like, it, it reminds me of Lena. I don't understand doing it and having perspective on it at the same time. Now I'm I think <laughs> I think it might be my first shot at this is that we are making fun of ourselves and we are like I also feel like um, I'm so different now than when I was here. Like I, I was, I thought I was straight. I was very into church as you know, like I was fully going to be a missionary. <laughs> and That's then, so funny, Meg. I didn't know that you were uh, gay because I'm watching your videos and I'm like, does this woman not know that she might have inklings? Cause she sure does. <laughs> right. She sure does like to joke about it. And I'm relieved to hear you say that. Not that I, there was no, um, Prejudgment on your right. sexuality. Right. Like, does she like, know she might? <laughs> it was because of the content of your jokes that yeah. I was like, there's a lot of playing with that line. Yeah. So, and I was like, am I going to interview somebody that doesn't feel comfortable <laughs> right. being gay? And I was pre worried about that. So, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sh- the straightest person. I love to have a handsome hunk. No, I'm very bi. So I can joke about husbands, but then what I really want is a wife. And I think that probably comes across in all of my videos. So funny. So funny. Um, Yeah. So I think to be like, to know I'm still that person that was here, but then to know I'm a different person, it's so easy to make fun of it. Right. Like you're like kind of making fun of it in love because you know, you were that person that lived in Ohio. Like all those people are me. Like I was fully, the one bringing my family to church fully like love going to pier one. <laughs> like, you know, like I wanted to, all I wanted to do is get, you know, all I wanted to do was perform, but then I was like, I guess I'll get married and have kids. And it just didn't, I got away before I did that. So I'm here. As someone who did that getting married at 22 because I was like, and I really want to steer this back to you, but I was like, what do I need to do mm. to prove that I'm normal? Cause I was the same as you. Um, with the churching and, and it was my idea to go to a Christian college. I got there yeah. and found out so many people were there because they, they had to, like it's the only school my parents would pay for or whatever it was uh, because they needed them to go to a Christian college. And then, and then I got married because I was like, 
look, I'm going into show business. Like I'm yeah. going into um, Gamora. Gamora has a great open mic. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna perform <laughs> for the sodomites. Um, but I'll I'll at least have a wedding ring. I'll at least be married. How yeah. did you How did you negotiate figuring yourself out from from the Megan that was getting her family up for church and and this one? So it's so funny because I always, you know, I was still that kid that wanted to only be an actress and wanted to be a comedian. And I remember literally, I know this wasn't the turning point, but I remember being in the car with my mom as like a 21 year old, knowing I was like in community college for like nursing or teaching or something. And I remember being like, what, what do you think we're going to be? And she was like, oh, you know, Abby's probably going to, that's my sister. Abby's probably going to be like a you know, whatever she said. And she goes, yeah, you'll probably, yeah, I feel like you'll be like a teacher. And I was like, you don't think I'm going to be famous? I was like, (laughs) she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, she was like, what? You're not even acting. What do you mean? I was like, I can't believe you're telling me right now. You don't think I'm going to be an actress. She's like, you're 21. Like you're not, you live in Ohio. You're, you're going to Sinclair. Like, what are you talking about? And I remember just thinking, oh my God people don't think this is still going to happen. Like in my head, it was still going to happen. It was still <laughs> an inner world. It was yeah, still that was real to yeah. me. And I was like, that's what I really want. You know? Oh, Meg, I relate so hard. <laughs> I've said this before, forgive me listeners, but when I went to a very small Quaker uh, grade school, Quaker, not meaning religious, it was incredibly liberal actually. Mm. Um, and not religious. Uh, but they wrote it at a graduate song and I was like they put in one line for every graduate because there's only like 20 of us and they predicted in the song that I would be a computer programmer and I was like fuck (laughs) you like what the hell I only make video games because they're (laughs) funny like I did make games but they were funny games I was like this is what I have to work with there's no open mic. I, I'm going to make a hyper card game. Oh my God. But like I had the same, if somebody didn't think I was going to be, but that right. was, so you're 21. So you're in college at that point. Yeah. I was going to college for different stuff. Cause all I wanted to do is like go to LA and be an actress. But I was like, the idea to me of being an actress and just going on auditions was so scary. I didn't know it could be like this. Like you're making your own stuff and you're a comedian right. and you're going on auditions, but that's like barely what you're doing. Right. I, you know, I had the same thing where I was like, Oh, I'm going to be in some weird sun. <laughs> it would be sun drenched if I'd opened the blinds, but you can see the hot sun <laughs> behind my cheap blinds and a shit carpet. And I'm going to be sitting in a chair looking at a phone mm. It's and oh god. Mm. That's what I thought acting was. And I think that's what it was in the yeah. 80s. Like I think yeah. that's what it was. <laughs> and then thank God I had the same thing as you as I was like, man, I wish I had a camera on my face when when I saw, you know, for the it wasn't Andy Samberg, but it was somebody like him when I was like, wait, these these guys are just making oh, they just yeah. wrote their own thing. Yeah. I, I know you and I were doing that when we were kids, but I was like, you can keep doing that. <laughs> As an adult? As an adult? Megan, there's nothing to this day. There's nothing. Well, there's a few things, but they're like you said, it's like, it's the exception. The rule is I'd like to be in a show that's like this, this, or this, or this. Well, I got to write that show. Like instead of going like, 
call it, this is what I thought I'd be doing. I'm in a Corvette because now, now I've made it. So I'm in a Corvette convertible and I'm on a huge gray cell phone and I'm talking to my agent and I'm going, just get me something in the religious circle. That's how they know me. Right. Yeah. And you have to wait for someone to say yes to you. And I can't, like, I just can't fucking a. do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Who can do that? I mean, I don't know. I don't understand. It's so it. scary to think of like people, people are actors that aren't like also creating their own stuff. And I think that's so cool for them and scary for the me only, if I was to do that. The only way it makes sense is if you're Joaquin Phoenix and you have your next five movies. It only makes yeah, sense yeah. as the extreme. I don't understand as much. And I'm not even talking the character actors who aren't famous, but they know there's this, there's this, there's this. These casting agents like me. They're always going to put me in this. They're always going to put me in this. As I got older, I started noticing, like, I've seen that guy in 30 years. Yeah. That, that's a good career, too. So those guys and the Joaquins or the Harrison Fords, <laughs> but the, the early stage, I'm like, wait, you, you, how do you get your drug? How do you get your drug? I know. How, how do you get your fix? How like, do because you can get be so upset over an audition, you just make a video, put it online, you go to a show, and you feel normal again. Like I, that, that's right. You I just get can't that imagine. I can't either. And and now we're back to social media. So like, when when did you start your your foray into like doing the Instagram lives or the, or the YouTubings? I think probably like more seriously two years ago, maybe. Yeah, I think about probably. The, the last part of me being in Chicago, I kind of started putting more stuff online and I did like a fake talk show, the Megan Salter show. No, <laughs> that's where you had, okay. So that's where you put your hair over that you had a girlfriend. Yes, over I was like, Cohen. is this? Yes, she was great. <laughs> I was like, and the, and the guy is great. What was his name? Oh, Luke Taylor. I thought Luke was really funny too. He's so funny. <laughs> and he kept breaking. You'd really have to look for it. Yeah, yeah. But I liked that he was breaking because it, it really just gave me a sense of the tone on the set. I was like, he doesn't know what they're going to do. He doesn't yeah. know they're going to they're sing that song. It's nice to see someone breaking and having fun, I think, right? It, especially in something absurd. And I'm, say, yeah. I'm calling it absurd as a genre. I'm not saying yeah. it's absurd. Like the way ludicrous <laughs> is ludicrous. But he's not ludicrous. <laughs> he's a very successful rapper. <laughs> But when you were putting your hair, both of your long hairs over your face and having this <laughs> private moment, that's when I was like, oh no, does she think it's not okay to be gay? Even if she's not mm, gay. Yeah, but I was yeah. like, is the joke, oh, here's sweet youth group Megan Stalter from Ohio, just going to the edge as close as she's comfortable. Yeah. Could you talk about that? I know we have a lot of irons, but I'll try my best. To no. Yeah. Back. Talk about you sexuality know. a little bit, because I mean, I wrote a whole book about religion and, and my sexuality and I'm straight and I've said it a yeah. million times, but it was hard to come out as straight. It was hard to be like, Oh, totally. Yeah. Like we're taught to live. Like, yeah. it's like weird. Like, to come out as horny. <laughs> yeah. To come out as yeah, horny. It's true. It was hard to come out as horny. <laughs> You just improved. You just made something I've said a million times. <laughs> you brought it to its essence. It was hard to come out as horny. Like we all were oh, in God. church. I, I. So since I'm by, I all the didn't. all the back rubs and the there's <laughs> right. so, there's so church much, camp. Like, oh my God, that's all we thought about. Laying on of hands. It's the, it's it's <laughs> sort of it's an erotic situation. Yeah. Guys, we're going on a retreat. You mean we're gonna go to a weekend <laughs> together? Oh my God! The uh, worship leader at our our uh, youth group 
I would fantasize about him every second. Is that right? <laughs> I literally was, but I would be like, well, we're going to be married and then I'm going to give him blowjobs. Like that it was is so <laughs> crazy. Funny. But of course, <laughs> yeah, charismatic, why would we not caring be? leader. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I can totally relate to that, especially because we're looking for where the Lego piece of our eroticism would fit in yeah. the already built Lego set of our Christianity. So <laughs> right, like, you're like, if we're married, it's fine that I would be doing this in my fantasy. And, <laughs> and it's the it's the youth pastor. Everybody's going right. to be proud of that. That was me going to <laughs> Christian college. I was like, I may be, you know, 69ing, but it's with a good Christian. Yeah. Like yeah. That, was, that was the whole game. That was the totally. Whole I had this one guy would text me like, I think me and God want you to date. Like, I think... And I wasn't, didn't even know him. Like, and I, it's like, no, you're horny for me and you want to make out. You don't think God wants us to be married. You don't know me. You're just horny. It's like saying, I think God wants us to invade America. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't, he didn't tell me that if God wanted us to, he'd tell both of us. He wouldn't just tell you read the new Testament. He goes to the woman first. Yeah. He wouldn't. (laughs) Why would he tell the man? Like, no, (laughs) you're lying. (laughs) No, I, um, is I, Hilarious. It's crazy. Did you have you had experiences like that? Like, did you feel like if you liked someone, you were like, "Well, I think God might want me to." <laughs> you would. You would definitely package it in that material, right? <laughs> yes. You'd be like, "I was just." Um, my friend Trip Crosby and his and his comedy partner made this hilarious video. Shoot Christians say you should definitely watch it. It's oh. really funny, and it has like a section that's on dating, and it's like just guard her heart, man. Just guard her heart, you know. Like, <laughs> but like courting we would court like in in my uh time uh which was you know the late 90s early 2000s there was courtship like people would court yeah which like excuse me megan i'm not trying to be shocking that's erotic that's erotic like it's erotic you're you're pursuing someone and having a chaperone it's raising the stakes yeah like Write me a Victorian novel. Nobody's allowed to bone. Like you're on a yeah. date, there's a chaperone and you're forbidden by God and country to touch each other. Yeah, that's hot. That's hot <laughs> as fuck. Like Val loves sexual tension. Like she always yeah. wants to go on a date where we don't kiss the whole time and we only kiss when we get home. Do you act that's, like you first met? Like, do you act like that or no? We, we've done that. We've done that. That's a fun <laughs> little... I don't mean it. It's not super kinky. It's usually just kind of like an acting game. It's fun. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's more fun. of an improv it's, uh, it's, game. It's yeah. pretty light. Yeah. But like having, going on a date where you're like, I can't even touch your hand. Dude, you're going to yeah. explode when you find, <laughs> like Christians are having They're some so of the most horny. repressed, but also yes. probably some of the Truly. best releases in the business. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so you were saying you, a guy says, God told me you want a date. Oh yeah. Obviously this is in youth group. You're way, when did you know that you were bi? So that's, what's funny is that I really didn't know until I was older but I feel like looking back I'm like oh my god I was horny for every actress like I was nervous to sleep too close to a girl at a sleepover you know like uh, there were so many things I was like uh, but I didn't know because I liked guys too and um I didn't know until I was like uh, until I like you know I had this girl who was my ex-boyfriend's ex-girlfriend and we both were like met because we both did comedy and I was probably like 25 like older and um 24 maybe 
and um, we kept hanging out and it was getting really intense because we'd talk about this guy we both dated. And um, then she was like, would text me like, I thought about kissing you at the end of that, you know, like, like flirty things like that. And I was like, <laughs> Val, loves this. Val is going to love this story. <laughs> I thought I was, about kissing you. You know, I was wow. like, so I, w- I didn't really, I didn't have feelings for her, but I was curious. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, then I started be, like open, just that opened my mind to the idea of being with a woman and then I was crushing on women more you know non-binary people I was just like oh I've I still dated men because it was easier and I knew what I was doing up until Mm -hmm. like pretty recently I've dated more women Mm -hmm. because I feel like you have once you open your mind to it you know what I mean I was so closed off to the idea of growing up very Christian and it's a whole section of the Walmart that you just weren't shopping in and now you can go in there I have to think that's going to be more interesting more appealing or more yeah. novel. At the very least, it's going to be more novel. <laughs> right. um, I, I don't mean to, novel dismissively. Like, oh, no, it's, but it's different than what you were allowing yourself to do yes. before. And then you're like, oh, I like this the same. Oh, do I like this better? Like, yeah. And then you, you're like, oh, it's really on, based on the person. And like, yeah. And so, okay, your parents divorce when you're eight. Um, where where are we in the journey of religion when you want to come? I'm assuming you've come out. Is this the coming out? Oh, <laughs> I'm I go, and now I'm telling everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no. What was that? And maybe it was easy. This doesn't have to be, I don't know. Uh, but like, what was it like telling, going from youth group person to, if I if I had to come out, if I were gay and I had to come yeah. out to my parents, even all of the work I feel like I've done I'd I'd be butting up against <laughs> right. a lot of like old school Boston beliefs yeah. and like all these you know presuppositions and the you know not the most not the most not the worst but not the most open minded in that area. Yeah, what was that like? So my cousins and um, my mom's side of family is very much like you know, I get texts from my, like a cousin I'm very close to even now being like, these are some verses just in the Bible, just saying like how being gay is bad. But luckily my mom, when I texted, I texted her cause I was so scared to tell her. And she was like, Oh, I thought you only liked women. She was like, I thought you were fully, she's like, Oh yeah. But you came out over SMS. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. I was so nervous. I just texted her. I was like, and I, <laughs> I feel I like a my dad and my dad could care less. Just, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. But I shouldn't have texted them. I should have called, but it it was, yeah. I think that's a, a great self-loving boundary <laughs> choice. Where yeah, like, like, I don't, don't want to do the drama. I don't want to do a dramatic call. I don't want to hear the reaction. I just want to text. Hey, you know what? It's a gift. You're saying I'm giving you the faceless, <laughs> yeah. soundless yeah. platform because if you have some weirdness you need to let out, you can do that without. Yes. Me. Cause that's going to stay in my head. Like and if you did, even if, cause my mom, she is supportive, but also she is a little more funny if I'm talking about a girl, you know what I mean? Like she's not judgmental. She doesn't not agree with it. She doesn't ever say anything to make me feel bad, but it, she does get a little funny if I'm talking about anyone, man or woman, non binary. And then if I'm talking about a woman, it is a little bit more weird than if I'm talking about a guy, if I'm that's like, I really like this girl. I really like, yeah. Where there, Somebody had a joke. I believe a gay comedian had a joke about like, it's not that I want to, didn't want to come out to my parents. It's that I don't want my parents knowing I'm having sex with anybody. Yes. Who was that? I know that joke. Yeah. Who said that? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I it's don't so true. Know. It's like, I feel weird talking about a man I'm seeing with my mom. Cause I'm like, she's thinking about 
yeah that's it's right. weird either way no, i don't no. want to talk about it anyway <laughs> i i look i don't know how how the joke will age i don't know for me i mean for me i don't mean culturally but i had a joke where i was like val has big boobs and i'm like that was hard for me <laughs> you'll relate to this because i don't want my parents knowing what i'm into yes <laughs> You're like, mom, dad, this is what really lights me up. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I think that's a Christian thing. My, my first wife was not my, my type. She's beautiful. I'm not Mm. saying she's not beautiful. Yeah. In fact, I would say she, she might even be a more traditional appreciated style. But <laughs> yeah. a part of that joke that I cut was, I don't want a Corvette. I want a monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Like so many men, it seems, are going for the like sports yeah. car look. They yeah. want it to look very sleek and expensive. Yeah, And I'm like, I just want to be eating a hot dog in the crowd going like, look at how many demolished cars it rolled over. Like I, I just I want, love I want mass spectacle and yeah. just like, Face. Let's let's not be polite about this. Uh, let's let's get into some explosions. But um, I think that those jokes underneath them is reflective of of a Christian upbringing where yeah. I, I felt shamed about any sex. So I, can, I I totally hear you when you're like, there's bi and then there's just sexual in general. Yeah. Was there a a moment? when you can we say you were more fundamentalist i mean that's the word i use for myself yeah like with like with church with, with church yeah i feel um you know it was funny cuz like we grew up pentecostal like we were in a oh, wow. pe- like real i mean we spoke in tongues and of like of course you love performing i i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not putting <laughs> no, it down no truly yeah i think it's legitimate I actually, the scene in Borat where he goes to Pentecostal church, uh, it's, it makes me very uncomfortable because I'm like, yeah, these people are just trying. I understand that they might have some backwards or strange views to us, yeah. to people, but I was like, these people are trying to get a vibe going and to worship reality in the way that they know yeah. how. So I'm not making fun of it when I say there's an element of, I won't say show business, but it's performative. It's it, Of course, that sort of resonated with you it's really big like it feels very and it's very like I also get if you haven't experienced it how scary or f- like people think it's funny or and yeah any jokes about it I still get really uncomfortable because I I mean and also it's real like I don't know I don't know how to explain everything I experienced but I mean yeah I couldn't control I I spoke I like spoken tongues and I couldn't control it like I truly felt that of everyone in the room and it's very wild and i get that it's different and strange and scary rolling on the ground or laying on of hands or speaking in tongues or dancing in the spirit or whatever it might be there's a certain again this isn't to dismiss it this is to try and understand it there's like a trance kind of state look to any uh i don't want to say primitive cultures but like um secluded like more ancient cultures they're doing this and we seem to understand it like in in this tribe in africa they put on this mask they become possessed with the spirit of the mischievous god ikara and they and they cause mischief and everyone runs and they know it's not real but it becomes very real and it's a ceremony and it and it exonerates them and something is cleansed from them and everybody feels really great during and afterwards. Yeah. 
here's something I want to say about tongues. So I love um, Terrence McKenna. He's a, he's a big um, psychedelic. I don't, I don't know if you call him a researcher, but he gave all these lectures. He was sort of mm. one of the first people to talk very popularly about mushrooms and other psychedelics brilliant and he was one of these guys that like before he took psychedelics was very quiet he was mm. a t- like just truncated speech not outgoing took mushrooms literally opened his mind and became as brilliant as as he was going to be like it really something wow. broke in the good way something broke in him so terence is giving this lecture i found on youtube somewhere and he starts talking about he had a fancy word for it but he was like spontaneous linguist something blah blah he meant tongues yeah he was talking about tongues and he's saying there's a part of your brain that you can access through psychedelics through meditation whatever it is where you're speaking and it's endless and it's effortless and it's not you it's not your subconscious it's not english and i'm watching the video and i'm like oh my god wow that's fascinating and i had no judgment and then i was like well pete how can you judge tongues then? He's that talking like about the same, the same thing. thing. Yeah. But if it's a guy, like a groovy guy who's a genius and he's bringing back a message from the other dimensions, yeah, a room full of, I'm sure, non-religious or formerly religious but no longer religious people are like, right on, I buy that. But if you put it under the guise of Christianity, which has yeah. done so much, you know, done a lot of damage to people, um, suddenly it's, it's hooey and, 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 you know, Borat, Sasha can do whatever he wants. He's a genius, but it's like send in the clowns. Cause, cause this, yeah. is, this is a joke. Oh um, my God. That is, that is, I've never thought about it like that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So you did that. Yeah. I and it is crazy to be like, so bad. see, it's, it, I remember being at first, it was like, yeah, it's like, I wanted to do it. I wanted to do it. And then it just happened one service and it never, like I was doing it every, <laughs> every time we get in the zone. Yeah. It's, it's so wild. It's so similar to improv too, is there's this leap of faith. Yeah. I can't ski, but it's the moment where you push down the mountain and all of a sudden you're skiing and now you love skiing. I could never do that with skiing or tongues, <laughs> but there's a green light that you get in turn. Yeah. And we could say that's, you could use Christian language and say that's from the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it happens and you know that it's it's happening for real because you're the only one that would know or not know. Yeah. You're right. And it's so crazy. You're right that like the reason why it's like made fun of, it's like Christians and like there's just so many bad Christians and churches and there's so much damage. And that's why I like talking to people that still have it. It, yeah, about what people believe in because it's just like we're allowed to still believe in God and be gay. Like we're allowed to right. be good people. <laughs> good people yeah. that are like yeah that's i believe in like everything and i feel like everything all i think religions all way more similar than we think you know like what people believe and we just call it different things oh the universe told me this they're like that's, that's the same as saying god you know i'm praying or i'm meditating and elon musk saying god is a programmer and we're living in a simulation is the same as an ancient semitic man yeah. saying god is an ancient semitic man like me i mean it's the same Sorry, Richard Rohr has this great point where he goes, you can't fall in love with an energy. This is why new age is always going to kind of be not a fringe, but it's always going to be kind of over here because we need symbols and we need rituals and we need traditions to transcend our intellects and and get into a space that you can't talk about, but you can experience. And that's what mysticism is. Mm. And I also, 
I would encourage you on that journey. Maybe you're already through it, but it's like when you look at um, everybody seems to agree on the fundamental problem, meaning there's spirit and then there's the construct of your mm. mind, which yeah. the Bible calls the flesh or, um, you know, other, tr- I, I'm not going to try and be fancy and tell you what all the other religions call it. Um, but that's like the fundamental problem is you've forgotten who you are. You've forgotten your source yeah. and, and that there's um, either the kingdom of heaven, as Jesus calls it, there's enlightenment, there's realization. Everybody seems to, all of them seem to agree. There's a place that Muhammad got to, that Christ got to, that Moses uh, arguably got to. I think Moses. I mean, he was a complicated guy. But <laughs> that seems to be the agreement. You're on a journey. You've forgotten who you are. You can yeah. remember who you are. And we turned it into Megan, don't look at titties. And Pete, don't jerk yeah. off. And uh, and the Lord's name in vain, by the way. That's really important. You know why it's important, Megan? You got me preaching. Because people can see you do it. Yeah. People can see you out with a woman. People can hear you say, God damn it. They can't see your inside. Yeah. They can't yeah. see what's going on inside. And so we're always going to have the True Love Waits Bible because pregnant teenagers in your congregation, it looks way worse than a congregation of liars. You yeah. can't see liars. You can't see it. Oh my God. It really is like, it's just so, it makes me so upset um, when Christians gatekeep, especially with like, I don't know. I so even yesterday I got a cameo from someone and their friend just came out and was like, lost a bunch of, I think he was a worship leader maybe. And he lost a bunch of gigs and he's like a pilot now. (laughs) And I just feel he's very like the cameo I did for him. I just felt really like connected to him. (laughs) This sounds so crazy, but I I just was just like, God, you can still have that stuff. Don't let these Christians take this away. And like, if you don't believe in it, that's fine too. But like, don't let them take away your love of or connection to God or the universe because you're gay. Like it has nothing to do with it. Like I just, it just is so upsetting to me. You know, that my cousins like who, or like my aunt prays for me all the time when I'm with her, like we'll be like, pray that she's, you know, Oh, I hope Megan's not backslidden, you know, let her find you again. It's like, you don't know my connection to spirituality or God because I said I was bisexual. Like I look at yourself and your own ways you're living. My cousins have said really awful things about it and they are not living the same. Like I don't judge how they're living though, you know? Right. I, I have to say it. It's like, there's that, uh, it's an old Testament verse. I forget where it is, but it's like, I make, I believe it's a Psalm. I make my bed in the depths and you were there. I go to the heavens and you were there. Right. Mm, Yeah. Believe it or not in this quarantine, so it's day 13 or it's day 14. It doesn't matter. So I've been alone. <laughs> yeah. And I'm walking around this apartment. And if I ever get lonely or scared, I say, where can I go that you're not there? Because God to me is being itself. And as long as I mm. am being, I am connected to being. being. Yeah. So God in the Old Testament says, my name is I am, right? So I because that's a ancient way and a great way of understanding I amness, the quality of being of being, right? Yeah. So that is the name of God. And the Hebrews wouldn't even spell it out because they're like, you can't understand it because it's the phenomenon that's looking out your eyes. Right yeah. Now. So if you're ever like, I don't I don't mean to give you advice that you don't even appear to need or and you certainly didn't ask for, but it's like <laughs> 
where can you go? Read the prodigal son. He he wasn't reprimanded and punished for having gone and, and yeah. lived life. In yeah. fact, the the brother that stayed at the at the at his father's house is sort of dismissed. It's like, oh great. Yeah. It's like the guy that buried his talent. It's like you didn't even go out and experience loss and heartache and wound and this and fire and passion and all the all the gritty parts too. And and the story is always, you were always with me and everything I have is yours. That's what the father says to the son, which by the way, historically speaking, is one of the few stories we absolutely know that Jesus told and told many mm. times. The punchline is you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So what's always with you? Your beingness. So when yeah. I'm in this apartment and I'm lonely, I go, I am as connected to God and the source, the infinite unborn source of everything as I could ever be. In fact, I could yeah. never be any closer to it or farther from it. I can just forget. You've got me preaching. That's going to make me cry. It's so beautiful. Like, because it really it's is. the most important yeah. thing we can remember. Truly. Right? like. And we turned it into Megan, don't be by, don't backslide, yeah. don't leave the clan, don't leave the like, group. Are you having a church you go to? It's like, I feel more connected to God now, not going to church for years. Fucking A, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the idea is to never leave church. The idea is to realize that we're in church. Right yeah, now. exactly. And why do we go to church? Because people can see you in church. You know what I, I mm. mean? Like, if you could... If if you go to Walden Pond and get more transcendence out of that than you do going to Grace Chapel, my home church, it's still looked down upon to go to Walden Pond because it's mm. like, is Walden Pond strong in the word? Are, are you saving people? Like whatever it is, it's just like <laughs> it, it, it becomes a little political. It becomes in and out. It becomes binary. It becomes a group to belong to and a set of thoughts to to all collectively agree to think and believe in yeah. instead of an experience. Yes. Like, like, like I, I'm having alone in an apartment. <laughs> truly. Like yeah. it, I just feel like even yesterday, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but yesterday we were like having a family dinner and they asked me to do the prayer and it was just very casual. And I was like, at the end, like I also pray that my crush falls in love with me. And I was like, <laughs> <"That's serious." laughs> and my mom was like, okay, well she was like, well, you know, sometimes, you know, just because you pray, like, as I was like, what? Why are you guys looking at me? They're like kind of laughed. And I was like, no, I'm dead serious. I will pray like casually for whatever I want. Like, what's the harm in that? Like, God knows what we want anyway. And my mom was like, God knows what we want, but sometimes it might not be in his will. And I'm like, are you saying you don't want my crush to fall in love with me? <laughs> like, what would be wrong with that? I get a good feeling about this person. I think like, who cares if I pray for that? Oh, my God. As a father, and I'm not putting down your parents, I'm just looking for, I really am not, because they might be trying to dissuade, dissuade you from the, the slot machine model of God, like he, he, if I say, right. but it doesn't sound like you're even saying that. What is the harm? Because what are you doing in that moment, Megan? You know what you're doing, meaning you're praying out loud. Yeah. You're inviting your family into your desire and your desire right. is who you are and that is this opportunity to connect and connecting seems to be the point of all of this right so yes jesus saying i'm the vine and you are the branches meaning it's all one thing the trunk might be ultimate source but we're all the branches on the same tree so 
saying at a family meal, I hope my crush falls in love with me, is, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. is an invitation to know you, is an invitation yeah. to say. It took me so long to figure that out that when people are praying out loud, it's another way of talking. Unfortunately, yeah. it's often a way of gossiping too. But it's like, it's a way of saying, it's like, let's close our eyes and bow our heads because sometimes it's hard to text someone, I'm really lonely yeah. and, and I'm hurting. But I, if, we, if we agree, if we co-conspire to materialize God as a third other thing over there and we talk to it, I can now say I'm struggling mm. with loneliness. This is yeah. why people are crying when they pray. This is why people talk in muted voices. It's, it can be a special thing, regardless of its efficacy. We want to put it up to the scientific <laughs> model and right. go, well, Megan, maybe you won't. And will that, will that cost your faith? Will your faith waver? Yeah. I told her, I was like, I hope you're not having bad energy towards this prayer. I was like, you don't mean that towards this, right? Get that energy out of here. We're trying to manifest like, (laughs) and also like when you have, when you're in youth group and you're really close to your friends and you're all crying and praying. Yeah. You get to know that person more with what they're going through. Like there's so many times. That's why we're all so close in youth group. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That that was the only, that was one of the few places. It was like podcasting actually. Yeah. Praying was like, let's do a little podcast. And it's like, <laughs> we'll say things we wouldn't normally say because there's a heightened intensity because there's an audience listening. In this case, there's an audience listening. In that case, there's, we're, we're imagining that God really picks up the phone when you say, dear Jesus, and he hangs it up when you yeah. say amen. But God didn't leave the room when you said amen. Right. Because God is the room. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. God is in the molecules between between you and your mother and makes up yeah. your mother and animates He's there the, when I'm texting my crush. He knows how I feel. <laughs> he knows. And you know what? <laughs> what if you were infinite potential, but there was only one of you and you wanted to split. So to use Bible language, the one became the many. What to use my friend, Michael Gunger's phrase, what game wouldn't you play? You're infinite. Really try to own that. You're <laughs> yeah. infinite. Meaning it's never going away. It's, it's never born, never dies. It's always here. You're telling me you don't want to play the bisexual uh, Dayton, Ohio comedian game? Right. You don't want to play out that drama? You don't want to see what you could potentially <laughs> learn about yourself and therefore about everything through yeah. the experience of either elation or heartbreak from your crush? And you don't want to play the disapproving parent game? Of course you do. Your mom is feeling these chunky, clunky, weird, yeah. misfitting gear game. That's God too. That's, yeah. that's what game wouldn't you play? You would play the divorce game. You would play the comedy game. You would play every every game because where are you going but here, you're just yeah. going to be, be every shape of wave the ocean can make because the ocean wants to explore oceanness. This is, oh, this I is, love that. This yeah. is good. I it really that. is. I love talking about so this. True. <laughs> I don't just love talking. <laughs> I love talking. Isn't this good? No, that makes it so, I've never thought about it like that. That makes so much sense. That, I feel like that's what the prodigal son is doing when he's, yeah. he's, he's playing the squander my father's inheritance um, be degraded. He's Jewish, so he's working with pigs. So that's double degrading. Uh, he's starving. He's broke. He's probably ill. And then he goes home. Look, sorry to keep tying this to my quarantine, but the moment I see Val and my daughter again, I keep saying to Val, 
will have made all of this so worth it. Yeah. It's, it's pulling the bowstring back for the incredible relief. Not to say I can't enjoy this as well. And I do, Yeah, but that's, that's what we're doing. Maybe you will fall in love and maybe you will get your heart broken. We wanted to see what that was like too. We wanted yeah. to see what all of it is like. What game wouldn't you play if you were infinite? Right. I mean, it's a romantic, like breaking up with people too. Like, of course, <laughs> it's, 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 and people romanticize it. It's like, oh, the music, you're listening to some music. And oh my just God. the idea we could feel that much anyway. It's like, why not? Radiohead? I always remember he was like, my wife left me and he was like, you get Radiohead. I go, what does she get? He goes, happy music. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, so we were talking, you came out over text. When did you green light your own, forget your parents. That's sort of the, the Hallmark movie. How did you go from, don't, I'm assuming don't have sex till marriage. Yeah. I'm going to marry and, and have blowjobs with the youth leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what people think of me matters, not only socially, but like cosmically. Where did you get, how did you get from there to here? I think um, when I was in Ohio, before I moved to Chicago for comedy and I was in school and I was thinking I was straight, <laughs> I was in church. I think I felt like I was just giving my whole life to everyone else. And I was like helping my mom, like babysitting for her stepkids all the time. And I was just feeling so like, what do I really want? Like, that's what it was, right? Where it was in the car being like, wait, you don't think I'm going to be famous? It's like, you're giving your life to them instead of also giving it to yourself. And um, so when I moved to Chicago, I was like, I think I'm going to have sex. (laughs) I was like, I was like, you know what? I love God. And that doesn't mean I don't have to have sex. I think I'm going to fool around with people. I, Megan, I had the same. <laughs> it was a decision. Yeah. And it was in Ireland and I was on a train. Oh my God. And I just, amazing. I know. And I looked yeah. and there was my celibate um, professor. There was a priest. How mm. perfect. And then there was a professor of mine that I, I knew had had sex. And... Um, <laughs> Because he he was frankly he was he was married, <laughs> okay, so you knew because okay, but um still, I, I felt like he was sex he was abstinence yeah. and then priest was never, and I just was like <laughs> which one are you going to choose and yeah. it, it just hit me and I it's so embarrassing I called my girlfriend at the time who was going to be my wife, um and I was like I think we should have sex I called her from one of those red. It was like oh red British That's phone like out of a movie. Yeah. A bad movie for her because it was so <laughs> awkward. I was like, I want, I want to do it. And she was like, okay. Um, like you, not in the moment. You, It was a decision. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so horny right now. We have to. It was like, no, it, we, I'm decided. Oh. And then we got home. She went on the pill. We waited a month because the pill takes a month to reach oh full God. efficacy. Yeah. So it was the most premeditated murder <laughs> I've ever, ever even experienced. Oh so I, I'm just interrupting to say I so relate. Yeah. You're going to a new place and it's an internal decision. It's not just yeah. me so horny. You shouldn't say me so horny. Katie but it was that. like a decision. Katie, what edit that out. Got- <laughs> I think no, I'm not kidding. Uh- you, you can't say me so horny. It's broken English. 
I, I, okay, I feel like now we can because we've laughed about it and we've talked about it, but like I'm trying to be. But you're saying, but actually you're creating a message that we were allowed to, we're allowed to realize what we say and say, hey. Thank you. I said it because I grew up in the 90s when you could do that full voice right, right, right. as long and as you could do it in a, Wait, in a school assembly. It's from Full Metal Jacket, the prostitutes in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, because I'm like, I know the phrase. I know. It's me people, so horny, me love yeah. you long time. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. But I didn't and then know it, it was from. I think it's in some songs too, like got popular. That, in, that's how I know um, it, I think. Yeah. Yes. I almost started I almost started singing it, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine? I you're like, okay, okay, now we do have to come this out. I feel like once you add melody, you can almost say anything. You can almost <laughs> no, say I'm anything. just kidding. Yeah. Please please keep going. So you went to Chicago and you internally yeah. I started it- sexting friends. <laughs> There's these two friends that both were best friends and they both started sexing me and they had no problem with it. And it's been, you were like, like, you were okay with this the whole time. I could have just said, (laughs) it was so weird. It was like, they're just, they started it. It's never like I would be sexing them at the same time, but they would like one month. It'd be one. I don't know. It was weird. But I you never sexted anyone. I think it's okay. Yeah, I think so too. It's like yeah. it's I'm not their roommate. Like yeah. it's weird that they're doing it, but they're not brothers. So, um, but it just I never sexed anyone. I never I never even made out really with someone. Like it was just I had a gay boyfriend in high school, and we wouldn't kiss with our mouths open. <laughs> Like wow. it was just like never really made out. And then I was like, I'm moving like to kissing Chicago. Mrs. Claus. It's just like, <laughs> just like completely pure, completely pure. But oh I was so, hor- I was the horniest person. So I was like, I think I'm just, you know what? God is not caring if I have sex. Like I don't, I don't feel guilty. I only felt weird about like my mom finding out somehow. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. scared that God knew. I just was like, Oh, my mom is gonna, you know, Oh, yeah. she, d- she did ask when I was like, I don't know, maybe 27. She was like, you're not. She was like, you're not. You didn't have sex yet. I was like, mom, I'm like 27. And she was like, wow. Like, didn't care that I was bi, but cared that I had sex. I was like, thought Whoa. you'd be the one that were g- was going to wait. I thought you were just abstaining from both genders. I didn't know this was <laughs> yeah, going yeah, you were, that level. You were just flirting with everyone. I didn't think you were having sex with wow, them. Wow, <laughs> wow. So that was more, I totally get it. I totally yeah. get it. More heartbreaking. More but heartbreaking. But you, you, you got in a relationship in Chicago. I'm not looking for details or names, but I mean, like, did it happen mm-hmm. quickly? I I was like fooling around with friends or like going I think I went on like two tinder things like a couple where I was like this is weird but and then I I got into something with someone who we weren't official like for longer than a week but was tangled up in him for years like it was one of those things where it was like he was really bad like a really just not a good boyfriend and wanted to date a lot of different people but then keep me sort of like come over and snuggle and we'll have sex without kissing you know like it was very strange and really bad <laughs> you wouldn't say let's have sex we without literally kissing. multiple times and i was every time i was like why didn't we kiss that's so weird like I he didn't never, he didn't specify he didn't order he it didn't off say the menu it before i came but he yeah. it was gonna happen Wow. <laughs> because that. he was like if we kiss then i'll have feelings i'm like oh my god you're you were, I shouldn't be talking to you. Heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. So yeah, we never, we, I'd say that that was my longest person I was tangled up in, but he was still to this day. I think 
I was a long time. It was like four years where it was on and off with him. Wow. Like, so it wasn't like I was dating him for four years, but it was so like on and off. And I date other people, hook up with other people. Yeah. I think it's not been till recently where I've been like into people that are good for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. How old are you now? 30. I just turned 30. 30. Yeah. Did you, did you rhyme 30 with anything? Did you do flirty? I'd say other people did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> But I think other people did. <laughs> people love rhyming. I'm just like, I'm- oh my God. The first girl I dated that turned 30, I was in my 20s and she was dirty 30. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing. It was so. Flirty, I never- dirty 30. It's like, what are you? Why- we don't do that with everybody else's age. I know. Sean Patton has a great bit about that. He, do- he does a rhyme for every age. It's really funny. Um, so I'm sorry. I- oh, so that that feels. Somewhat normal, not that you need my judgment. <laughs> but to 20s, be like, I was very like dating other people, but still yeah. in love with this like man who's not good for me. Trying to, I, I honestly haven't even been that com- like, it's not that I've been uncomfortable, but I really didn't know how to flirt with women until maybe like recently, really. And I wanted to date women. So it's like my 20s, or I was excited to turn 30 and be like, yeah. I feel like I know myself you're such a you're such a comedian i feel like (laughs) like comedians that i know i I, we're just like can we get this over with like who says it it might be greta gerwig or somebody but it's something about like getting out of your 20s yeah can you and brett gelman told me and john daly told me he was like because i was married 22 to 28 and he was like congratulations you you got to your 30s without like Getting arrested, <laughs> yeah. uh, some sort of um, pregnancy or whatever it might yeah. be that would complicate your life. He was like, "You did it. You you did it in a weird way, but like that's sort of <laughs> one of the goals." Sure, enjoy your twenties, but can we get out of them? Yes, <laughs> can yes. We can we graduate? I truly feel like I know exactly what I want now, and I kn- I also am very aware that I can get my heart broken by the people that are good for me too. Like, yeah. I know that like, I'm still going to have heartbreak, but I, I know it will be from someone that I really like felt was a good match. I think. Yeah. If you're going to risk you know? one of the worst pains there is, it might <laughs> right. as well be at the big casino table, you know? Yeah. What is the difference between flirt- that stood out between flirting with men and flirting with women for you? So I think with men, it's really easy to tell at least the men that I've, I've been, I feel like you can tell if a guy likes you faster than a girl. I mean, I feel like I've been flirted with by straight women and you're just like, what is happening? Like, wait, does she even like girls? Like, a, right. she, but she's like playing with my hair and she's like, wouldn't it be funny if we made out? It's like, do they mean that? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what's happening? Like I, but now I, believe, I know. Jay Okerson had that bit where he's like all the, Every woman is by after a bottle of rosé and like really? a movie. It's like, I know that's not literally true. It was just a joke, but it's like. It's a thing though. In our culture. Yeah. First of all, lesbians are just so much more accepted. There's no yeah. pure commercials that hint at two guys making. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? But there's a yeah. lot of like, wow, what if these twins made out? Like, what's going <laughs> yeah. on? It's incest. How they make out? Yeah. We'll, we'll overlook incest. We'll overlook our homophobia <laughs> right. if two girls make oh, out. Two, yeah. But I was even watching Social Network during the break, and there's a scene where two girls are making out. I appreciated that they had one woman watching them that looked freaked out. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if my roommate is even wanting to do this. Does she feel yeah. pressured to do this? 
but like that is the the cliche it's like i have a whole theory about it about how it's like being born of a vagina and breastfed leads to a general <laughs> acceptance of of women being agreed upon as desirable yeah if that yeah. makes sense they're like our they're our home and they are our nutrients or our nutrition or food for the first um year or two of our lives so I, that was my trying to make sense of what we're talking about, <laughs> but in the culture, it seems what you're what you're confronting is that like it's even if it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, girls, girls be snuggling, girls be. Yeah, or they're like, oh, I wish I was gay. You know, like they're oh, you hear it all the time, and it's like it, it's so like yeah, oh my god, girls are more attractive than how many times we hear that like a straight woman be like, well, women are more attractive. I don't know why I'm attracted to guys, and so like. like yeah, and you're like, well, why are you attracted to guys? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I have feel I I have um, learned though that I feel like I'm got I've gotten better at communicating and feel like that's what you just have to do with women. Hey, like I have a crush on you. I know, like we haven't we've been friends or whatever, and like right. love to take you out, but if not, that's fine too. And it's like right. I don't know. I feel like weird if I was. I feel like now I'm, I, it's much easier to say that and to know like, oh, well, okay, I'm a woman. What would I want? I'd want someone to be like very honest with me. I do a lot of check-in texts, even if it's a f- crush, <laughs> you know, like, hey, just checking in. Like, I know you're busy and I really like you and just want you to know that, you know? Aww, yeah, that. it's nice. I feel like they like, I feel like I've found that it, sometimes um, the men that I've dated at least have been more scared of that kind of thing. Oh, she's checking in. Does that mean she wants to be my girlfriend? Like what's happening? Yes, of course. Yeah. I, I feel like culturally, this time, this place, that men are always on the lookout. I know this is <laughs> that 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 word that is so misused, and I don't. I, I feel like it's next on the list, sort of, to become me so horny, like something you don't say. <laughs> right. But like, just going like, is she crazy? Like, yes, like she she's unstable somehow. It's all that mythology that women who are bleeding and who have these, um, as if I don't have, I'm telling you, Megan, I do hormonal <laughs> spikes and yeah. like completely irrational. I'm not saying women are irrational. I'm saying I have days where I am irrational. I have days where yeah. I am overly emotional. I have days where I put on my favorite shirt and I feel like I look stupid or fat or whatever. So it's not just women, but women have definitely been given that like, I don't trust, it's that South Park joke. I don't trust anything that bleeds for four days and doesn't die. Yeah, um, yeah. And she's after me. She's, she's trying to get my assets. She wants, right. to, she wants my protection. She wants to be in my clan. And I'm trying to gauge from this early stage, how much will this woman, this is not correct, but how much will this woman interrupt my life? Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Which is fucked up. That's what it is. Like literally the hottest thing recently someone said was like, I was having a day where I just like, I was really feeling the, the feelings of being like, I know I'm not being rational right now, but I have all these feelings. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just like, I'm being anxious, but I'm just saying like, I don't even know what the check-in text was. Just being like, I like you, but nothing like crazy. And they were just like, Oh, like, don't ever apologize for being anxious. You know what I mean? Like that's the hottest thing. Like, right. Hey, I'm not like easily scared. Like just always be honest with me. Of course. I think men also have a distrust of their bodies because there's mm. the werewolf and then there's the, the human and the werewolf. This is very generalizing, but like when a guy is sort of in heat, I know usually we say women are in heat, 
they might have a different feeling. Like when women are ovulating, I can't share this point enough. Their voice changes. Like it, it becomes mm. more outgoing. It becomes more um, seducing, I guess, or, or let's just say pleasant, maybe not seducing, but more energetic, maybe yeah. not even pleasant. Um, and there's studies to show this. And guys have that too, where it's like, yeah. if you're texting a guy who is desexualized, meaning he's been satisfied in one way or another, <laughs> right? <laughs> maybe that check-in doesn't get into his heart. It just yeah. stops at his head and his head says, I'm not horny. I'm busy. I have this thing. I have this yeah. thing. Why is this person, what does she want? And I, everybody says this, but more honesty would be, I mean, the answer to everything. Just yeah, check it yeah. in. It's like, hey, so happy to hear from you. I don't even know how to say it. It's like, like, what is the nature of this check-in? Just tell me. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, where did this come from? You know, like that's the thing. You just want like a. Even the next day, you could be like, "Why did I? Okay, that I was in a different place. Why did I say that?" But right. you like, why can't we just text that and be like, "Hey, that text I sent yesterday was." And, and I do that now. I'll be like, "Hey, thanks for being cool yesterday. I know I, that text was a lot, and I don't know what like what I was feeling, but that's what I was feeling in that time." And that's me. Do you, you should look at my phone. The friends that I'm texting. I'm basically like. Uh, um, David Keckner and Anchorman. I'm like, when this is over, we should get an apartment together. Like I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm texting. And so what is David Keckner in that moment? He's vulnerable. I think it's his low point. He might be fired or he, he, so he's feeling vulnerable. So he starts over emoting to his guy friends. I'm doing that too, because I haven't seen anybody. So yeah, I have this yeah. genuine, so it's like, you don't like my check-in. Well, let me put you in a 14-day solo quarantine. I'm going to see the ellipses as soon as it's delivered because you're watching The Blacklist on Netflix and you would love a little small talk. You would love a little reminder that you're not alone. Do you feel like during this time I've been like, oh, like literally open heart, like truly connecting with people in a way I didn't before. And I've like dated more now in quarantine than before. Like I feel, but then if I go to like Starbucks, I get nervous to order a coffee, but like online and like <laughs> over. Couldn't, couldn't <laughs> literally capable of agreeing more. I was texting my friend, Pat Walsh of the not feeling it chicken. That's a thing on this show who, just two of the most popular episodes. He's hilarious. But, you know, with my family, I like saying that, with, with yeah. Val and Leela, it's true. You start becoming a little bit less available to your friends. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm here. We're texting every day. So, I mean, <laughs> yes. I've always loved him. Yeah. Uh, and I do have friends that I text and call every day. But th- this is suddenly it's. I don't want to say it's the second tier that that grades him somehow, but now the the circle is widening, mm-hmm. and I'm texting more people. But I've only ordered takeout twice during this whole thing because Megan, when an Uber Eats driver calls me to say that he's here or or DoorDash or whatever, <laughs> and they come to the door because it's no touch delivery, but I can hear him on the other side of the door, and I'm standing there. <laughs> On the other side of the door, holding the phone, like a like a Kathy Bates character, I'm standing there. My heart is racing. 
that he might knock? What if he knocks? That'll startle me. What if he says, thank you? Like, what do I yell back? Do I I disguise the fact that I'm on the other side of the door waiting? Can he see you through the window? Yeah, there was a little window with a crack. I was like, what if he sees me right now in my panda red MeUndies lounge pants? (laughs) Was that a secret ad? I mean, meundies.com slash weird. Let's do it. Show your support. That was the secret ad. Um, but, I love that idea of doing secret ads. Oh, my God. That would be the best way to do it. Like, oh, hello. Thanks for having me. I'm drinking a Coke right now yes. to clear my throat. Oh, excuse me one second. Uh, Blue Apron just arrived. I need yeah, to click unpack a 17-pound box of soup for one because it, the oregano is wrapped in three oh pounds God. of bubble wrap. okay all all of that was to say i i completely understand or like my family i've gotten i I could not be closer to my family and yet during this time feel even closer i have an apartment with my brother nick and his wife and we just literally had the best my body hurts today because we were rolling around on the floor yesterday coming up with a dance like we're kids oh my god and my sister lives across like down the street like it's like a little like 15 minutes away and i haven't lived by family in forever because i'm quarantining in ohio (laughs) i don't know if i told you that (laughs) are you voting in ohio i am i'm voting in ohio i'm so excited that i got it done because i was scared it wouldn't happen in time that's so that's that's great this will come out after the election (laughs) (laughs) i yes (laughs) who knows what it'll sound like but here i'm optimistic um same family val has a brother I have a brother that we didn't really get close until I was about 30. Mm. Um, and, and we still have to work at it. Yeah. But I've watched Val and Derek, his name's Derek, um, who's, who's like a brother to me. But Aww. their closeness is so inspiring. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. put down my family, but like we're a weird family. I would say that if they were all here. Fucking weird ass family. <laughs> And I didn't even know. The weirdest thing about a weird family is when you're in it, you don't even know. Mm. And like when I hear about you doing a coordinating a dance <laughs> with your brother as adults, and sister, <laughs> I think it just get when people are like, I love Christmas, I think that's what they're talking about or, yeah. or whatever holiday they might enjoy. It's because we're making a fort under the blankets again yeah. and dancing. It just it warms my heart to hear you say. We it. literally posted a video of it and someone commented this looks like Christmas. Like this reminds me of Christmas. And I was like, oh my God, it is that we've yeah. had Christmas in the scariest yeah. time. We've the fine people at Coca Cola want you to think it's Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's actually <laughs> an excuse to remember that connection. Um, and be even silly, if, yeah. And be silly. I mean, I was definitely the silliest in my family. But if if there were oh. silly co-conspirators, that sounds that sounds like heaven to me. Oh my god, it's they're they are so much funnier than me, <laughs> my siblings. I sure. and they are just so, the most fun. I say I'm I, sure because that's often the case. But yes, yeah, no, they are so naturally. Nick helps me with a lot of stuff. He does my video, like I edit the videos, but he'll film sometimes. Mm-hmm. And he's so he's like gets more into it than me. Like he he's <laughs> so funny and knows where to put the camera. He's an artist. Look at me, yeah. Brett, just like, going off about them. I just love them them all so much. They're so funny. And they're supportive. They they appreciate. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, 
what what is the the dream for for you in the next phase it seems like if you were my age it would be a no brainer you'd be like i want to be on snl but i'm curious what the the shape of it is maybe maybe you're somebody that just you know does the megan stalter show on tbs or whatever or you or or you just get more eyeballs on what you're already doing do you have a a I feel like you do, seeing as you did when you were nine, you knew what you wanted to be doing. But what do you what do you want to forecast? Let's manifest it. Yeah, think for, think for a that. second how many thousands of people will hear this. They'll all carry that around, Megan Salter's dream. Uh, and when it happens, that. they'll be like, yeah, that hadn't already you happened. Part right? of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, growing up, the, the dream was SNL. But now I, although love the people on the show, my real my dream is to have my own shows and be in them and write in them and put my siblings in them. You know, like I want to yes. I want to I have a lot of ideas for shows that I you know, I, I want to, I want to be in movies and stuff. I know that's yeah. like long-term. I'm moving to LA soon, which I've wanted to live in for forever. I'm moving I there like next week. I was surprised that you didn't <laughs> live in LA. That's great. Next week. Yeah. I'm really, um, I'm excited. I, I wasn't going to move during this time, but then I, like, I have to move and I was going to move in L- to LA before New York. Like I wasn't going to move to New York. And, um, I was like, but the comedy scene there is so wonderful. And I want to like experience that. And I'm glad you did. When I was in Chicago, I don't know if you know, I I started in Chicago too. I'm from Boston, but I was in Chicago and the choice between more winter and New (laughs) York or sunshine in LA. I'm not saying it was, I had a lot of friends, very successful, hilarious friends that moved to LA and it worked for them. But like, it was a special second schooling that I was yeah. just so so grateful for. I'm I'm just glad you got it. Like that you got I was only there it. for a year and part of it was quarantine, but it was literally in that six months so much happened and it was just my dream. Like I was like going to shows every night. Like small all my shows were selling out and that never happened in Chicago. Like it was like, oh God does want me here right now. And mm. now and like he knew I felt like I wanted to go to LA. I was like I'm so like that's the dream. But my manager was like, try it out in New York. And I fell so in love. Like, I didn't have that dreamy New York thing when I got there. And then it happened. Yeah. No, you know? that's that's good to point out. Because you get there and you're like, <laughs> da, 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 da. And yeah. then like a, a pigeon throws up on you. Um, it can be really rough. And, and you I, know what? I felt like it was the opposite where I didn't think it was going to be good at all. <laughs> And oh, wow. so I think I went with, no, I think that's where you trip up is when you go thinking, thinking. it's going to be dreamy, but when you go thinking it's going to be hard, then everything good is a surprise. Well, I'll give you this know? to you. Uh, <laughs> everyone, even if you like it, yeah. there's going to be, I think a part of you that hates LA for the first six months. Yeah. Even if it's in the background, <laughs> All right. um, just because you're like, it's just a, such a weird culture, but then like, You'll find your neighborhood, you'll find your people, yeah. you'll find your your stages, your theaters and all that sort of stuff. And you can do that very quickly. And it just sort of, it starts to feel like your favorite place. It, it still yeah. is my favorite place. Yeah. It'll be hard living, leaving my family, I think, because yeah. it feels like I'm back in at 21 leaving to Chicago for the first time because I spent so much time here this year and I never thought I'd live here again. And it's like, this is so nice to be with family, but. Well, all you have to do is write and sell a show that shoots. 
I mean, Literally. like you, you can't fake Dayton in the Valley. Like you have mm. to, that's one of the things I appreciated about your videos is I was like, I've been to Ohio a hundred times and I'm like, <laughs> that's Ohio. If yeah. it's Ohio, somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. And it just feels funny, you know, to mention Greta Gerwig again, to shoot um, Lady Bird in Sacramento, you know, which yeah. is where she's from. I was like, that's how you get back. It'll be like a nice little treat. You know, yeah. I'm going to sell the Megan Stalter show. It's very easy to see and we'll do it in Dayton. And and then you're, you're hanging out with uh, Nick on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that is my biggest dream is to write a show, like a narrative thing in Ohio and film it yeah. here. Live in LA and then come film it here. Because it's so funny to me. Like you said, like it's just so, yeah. And I think that Ohio gets a lot of hate because a lot of people here believe really bad and different things than us but um it is really i think there's something sweet about it when people the good people are here (laughs) when you meet good people here there's something really sweet about it of course and and there's something comedic about it yeah I, i think if you pitch a show um this whole conversation I feel like has been about tension in one way or another we talked about sexual tension religious tension yeah talked about the tension in comedy and to me the pitches that I've been successful in are always remember to show where the tension is. Meaning Mm. I don't even mean dramatic tension necessarily. It's like the example I use is the reason the office worked was because the office is in an office setting and there's certain things you're not supposed to do in an office. Yes. Yeah. So when you talk about Ohio, you're like, look, this isn't Beverly Hills. Like it doesn't, it it, like there's certain things that people are still going to police you for and give you a cross look or expect of you that are different from like freewheeling Bohemian New York or, or, or LA. Yeah. And that's where comedy lives. So that's a little free <laughs> TEDx <Yeah>. talk. <laughs> no, really. It's like, that's what's so, that's why, yeah, like that's why Lady Bird is so good, right? Like she's discovering who she is there and she's in like, Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Where right. she's different and she's, yeah, I love that. I love a, a story like that. <laughs> Absolutely. A coming of age. <laughs> well, you got a, a very easy one to picture. So I, I think I think you're going to do well. And now we all have it in our brains. We're all carrying it in our brains. Um, we, this was awesome. Is there anything that we didn't cover? Oh gosh, anything yeah. that I interrupted you that you were trying to say? No, no. This was, it was uh, so good to talk to you because it's like, I don't really get to talk about all the stuff I believe all the time. I'm Usually people want me just to do like a crazy Southern mom character. <laughs> You know what I mean? What, what would a Southern mom say about the upcoming about election? Yeah. Right. We don't, we don't need that. Well, no. you know, I talked a lot about my religion and or whatever my views. Is there anything you still, it, it doesn't matter. I hate this question. How do you think of yourself? What, what, <gasps> you still lean on G's? You love the sweet G's? Oh, I feel very close to God. I believe a lot of the stuff I was taught. It's hard to not believe yeah. in some of the stuff, but I don't believe in any of the bad stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can I say that? You know what I believe in yeah. is I just believe God, Jesus, the universe wants us just to love each other and be nice and be and follow what we really want to do because that's the whole point, right? And to love him and I think when people don't, it's like, well, you were raised different. And I I don't think God would be like, oh, you don't call me this 
you don't call me God, you call me the universe or like you say you're into energy. Like, I don't think God cares about that. <laughs> I mean, what kind of, I don't know. We've imagined a God that's like us instead of the other way around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we're supposed to try to be like the all inclusive. I don't want to say void because people don't like void, but I'm going to say void. Let's get Buddhist yeah. with it. This thing that accepts and, and supports all things. And instead we've turned them into, you know, yeah, a, gate, a gatekeeper to use your word. I think that's beautiful. I, if you ever want a book, I recommend it to everybody. There's two books. One is Love Wins. I don't know if you read Love Wins. I feel like I've heard of it. I need to read it though. I think it's just like it won't even be a book you even need to tell other people about. It's not going to yeah. like load your your canon <laughs> to like win debates. But like yeah. if you grew up with any hell anxiety, Love Wins is a must read. Yeah. And um, the other one is. Uh, the gospel according to Jesus, because Stephen Mitchell, who wrote it, is a Zen Buddhist. But they they went back to academically find what historically Jesus definitely said. Because mm. and this is not disputed; it's not like sacrilege. It's it's a it's a known fact. Um, so much of the gospel was added later after yeah. it needed an engine. Like if we were pitching a TV show. I would look for the engine. I would look for the urgency. I would look for the need. I would look for the hook. And later, all of this, like, uh, do this or you're fucked was sort of added. And that book is fascinating. And Oh, and we'll, wow. I need to read, read that. Yeah. Those, those, I, I have a, about a million others for you. But, like, if you like those, let me know. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll keep you on that. Because there's the, the really good news, apart from the good news, is that like the more I look into it, the more your instincts, your heart, your God-given intuition is correct. That yeah. like the game isn't about belonging to the right group or having all the answers. The answer is about connection. Yeah. And, That's and what I feel really love. now now really just connected by my intuition. Like I feel like I pray all the time, but I also pray for like signs. And sometimes they something will happen the next day where it's like, that has to be from yeah. this connection like it's just so like crazy and I'll pray for just yeah I just pray for what I really want and <laughs> I always pray like if this isn't right for me just don't get it give it to me you know like oh I like this person if this person's not right for me get them away from me <laughs> I love that there Conan shared it on this podcast it's something I think about a lot um I'll I'll, I'll butcher the parable as he did as well but the, the point will stay the same there's a, a guy um, he wins the lottery and everybody around him goes, that's incredible. You won the, the lottery. And he went, perhaps. Mm. And a month later, um, he's in the newspaper. He won the lottery. Someone breaks into his house and steals everything. And people are like, that's a tragedy. That's terrible. And he's like, perhaps. And then it's like the house that they robbed, he can't live there anymore. So he has to live with his brother. And there's an earthquake and that house falls into a hole in the earth. And everybody's like, that's so incredible. Like you would, you would have been in that house. What a, oh what a great thing. And he's yeah. like, perhaps. The point is let go yeah. and flow in the river we call God. Meaning your brain is always going to want to label and interpret things. And it's yeah. always going to want to say, that's not fair. I should have got this. I should have got that. Pete Holmes show is canceled. That's a bad thing. Perhaps. Judd Apatow watched the show he wants to do another, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. Like, we don't know. And mm -hmm. the freedom is not knowing. The freedom is in the unknowing is Richard mm -hmm. Rohr says the opposite of faith isn't, isn't doubt. The opposite of faith is anxiety. 
meaning faith is the ability to not wow, know, yeah. to not have the answers and still not panic because you know you're you're in the river and you can just let go. That's the only way not to have my head explode is to be like, everything happens for a reason. You know, my sister, anytime I don't get something, she's like, well, God has something bigger for you. Like, it's so easy for her. Just she never, she's never like, Oh, that sucks. I really thought you'd get that. (laughs) She's always like, no, God just has something different or bigger. Like you just, and it always makes me feel better. Even, even if that's, even if that's not true, even if God didn't want me to do this, like if if God makes people uneasy, you can just say reality has something different for you. Yeah. And you know how you can know that's true. It's because it's what, it's what's happening. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. It's what's no, happening. it's truly, it's like everything does happen. I truly believe everything happens for a reason. And I do believe like, yeah, that there's something bigger than me that's sort of co- coming along my journey. And if mm. there isn't, why? well, that makes me feel better. Why would you not want me to feel that way? You know, the, the, if the thought is helping you. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Well, Megan, the last question we ask is um, for the, the time you've laughed the hardest in your life. I know you just had one. Um, but if you can think of another one, not dancing with your brother and his, Oh my God. Sister, what was There's, a time in your life? Oh my God. This sounds really bad. Cause something, <laughs> someone got wait. hurt, <laughs> but those are okay. always the best ones. Look, let's not get too high and mighty. I am not against <laughs> watching someone slip on the ice. If they die, I don't like it. But if they fall on the yeah. ice, especially if they were about to like give an oration or something that, that is funny. So this, I feel like in the moment we had to bite our tongues and didn't laugh, but later on we laughed. Like I'd say maybe years later, bringing up the memory made me and my siblings laugh, but we were at church camp and we had this really, there was this really old like zip line. No, someone we didn't know (laughs) on the zip line, and it was like me and my our youth pastor, who's like he's a he was a cool youth pastor. He was actually very funny. (laughs) He was very like like he was what he's one to would be one to make fun of people, and he didn't. But me and him and my sister and brother were all sitting there, and this person, this girl, went on the zip line, and the zip line flipped her over banged her head on the floor like three times like fully bashed into the floor and we're all like at that point it wasn't funny because we were worried so we were all like like dead silent everybody's staring at her bashed her head three times and she literally showed up at youth like the the worship service that night like went to the hospital and came back and we were just like what i think that was the funny part it wasn't that she got hurt it was the fact that she was like hey guys i'm back like it was so i think anytime we laugh over that it's one of the funniest but it wasn't funny at the time because she was i know they never are well comedy uh tragedy is me slipping on a banana peel Mm. comedy is you slipping on a banana peel um i love that (laughs) <laughs> and again, I just watched the social network where someone falls on a zip line and it's really funny. It's so, so like, they're just like, they're just, it's funny because they, it takes so much courage to do it. And of then <laughs> to think of so many and the fact that it flipped her over and just like every bounce, it would bounce her in the air onto the floor. And the fact that we shouldn't have been on it, like, it just is so crazy. I can't even believe it happened. <laughs> I think those things are reminders that we're all on a zip line. You and I are on the zip line right now. Like reality is a zip line. And when you're reminded that it's chaotic and it's random, (laughs) it's sometimes very strange, yet it turns out okay. I think that's that's maybe, that's that's, that's comedy. That's comforting (laughs) comedy. It is, yeah. Megan, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time out of hanging with your silly family. I think think you're great. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Of course. Um, would you say uh, keep it crispy? It's how we end the show. and then. Oh, yeah. Start. Should I say it a certain way? You can say it any way you want. I mean, okay. you have so many funny voices. I'm, I'm not asking you to do it, but <laughs> it's not morning radio. But I mean, like, they're so good. Let me see what I could do. <laughs> I take too long to do it. Okay, let me just go for it, see what comes out. Okay, are you ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> okay, everybody keep it crispy. Is that good? I felt immediately like, like it was bad. You do? I don't know. It was. It was like. No, I think it's good. I think it's good. I I forbid you from doing another one because that was. No, I think that was perfect. Thank you so much. I hope to meet you when this is done in LA, and I wish you all the best. I I don't have to wish it. I think you're you're headed straight for it. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I thank you so much. Of course, we'll talk again. Bye. Bye bye. 